Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Day two of SEC Media Days in Nashville at the Grand Hyatt. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, and you. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort. It's the home of the sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. You can learn more about them online at PearlRiverResort.com. Ceasefire text line is open to you at 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business, backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do. That is right here in Ceasefire country. Uh, Our coverage is brought to you. Coverage of SEC Media Days is brought to you by Genteel Apparel. Our friends at Genteel Apparel will help you look your best this fall when you head to the Junction or to the Grove. Check out the Collegiate Collection online at genteelapparel.com. As I mentioned, Brian Haydad to my left, Michael Borky to my right, and apparently a rotating cast of characters will be behind us throughout the course of the show today as uh, we have the uh, the waste receptacle, the... Uh, the the cleaning station the uh, what is it the uh, the foam stuff that you put on your hands ha- ha- the sanitizer ha- sanitizing station and we have apparently uh, water bottles you can back see here. how often Richard washes his hands he didn't know what to call that so there was a um, there there was a rule they uh, or a request or requirement or a guideline or something that said that you couldn't have any of the pop up banners that identify who you are. Pay no attention to the Orange Bowl banner just across the hallway from us. Uh, and, and so we had an official that came by, and he was like, uh, you can't have that. And I said, well, we understand, but there's this hallway, and yesterday it was just this constant flow of people going to the restroom, and you got the, the trash can back here and the sanitation station. And, and he just looked at me and goes, yes, yeah, sorry, you can't have that. And I just stared at him, and he walked off. And then Houston, being the good soldier that he is, Immediately put the uh, banner down. So, whatever. Here we are. We are thrilled to be with you. And, friends, have so we got a big show for does you Does the Orange Bowl just have its own sports talk radio network? What's going on over there? I uh, I don't know. It's like Orange Bowl radio or something. Maybe maybe they're like a South Florida station presented by the Orange Bowl. I, all right. I don't know. You know what? You had an answer. That's all that matters. Yeah. They've been around for At a while. At least you're getting all the sights and sounds here, though. I mean, we've got great interviews and all that lined up, and also you get to see how many people use the bathroom during a three-hour show. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you wanted all of the details here, we're giving it to you. It's not as bad Next as... Next year, we'll set up in the bathroom. Maybe... Oh. Which is... 
I mean, to set up in there. Might as well. well How at about this point, no? At this point. When Kirby Smart was coming through, so, again, we're right by the bathroom. That is that hallway, the bathroom. It's right there. It's right there. Kirby as Smart, I'm, as I'm sitting here, earlier right today, because of our location, there, I know There this, it is. There it is. We get to, there it is. Went to the bathroom. Yeah. And there was half it a happens. dozen. It happens. Yeah. There was half a dozen TV reporters. I'm not kidding. Houston saw it too. Waiting right here at the entrance of the bathroom with their cameras on mm-hmm. to watch Kirby Smart exit the bathroom and walk down the hall. I'd have paid money for him to like be zipping up when he comes out. I, I, <laughs> Oh gosh, you caught hey, me! Remember our OnlyFans thing? Only dogs. Yeah, only dogs. That's yeah. part of part of our Only Dogs network. But yeah, oh, I mean, watch it, out! Here comes a table, guys. Yeah, oh, good. Uh, well, sometimes you just need to tell your boss no if they say get a shot of Kirby leaving the bathroom. No. Hey, there's Bruce Marshall. If you're watching on Super Talk TV, you see our friend Bruce Marshall in the uh, in the background in his Texas orange Longhorns golf shirt today. We got to talk about that later, by the way, because this. Is okay in the SEC, horns down, but not like free for all. They're going to enforce it, but not like the Big yeah. 12 does. Well, we'll here's what you later. can't do you can't go get in Michael Borky's face as a Texas football player and be like, ha ha ha, right. horns down. You're tonic just like anything else. Yeah. Right. But, right. Yeah. right. It was nice to hear that, though. Yeah. Where they're not going to cave to Texas, and if you do horns down after a sack, as long as right. it's not in the guy's grill, so they're going to let it fly. So incredibly disrespectful. Um, Texas and Oklahoma do need a little bit of bullying, though. They I don't need like, a little slapping down is what they need. I mean, no, there, Dallas there is a great too, city. We're going to have a bridges. blast there next year. But we shouldn't just do something for Texas. We aren't kowtowing to, to them. Well, and I didn't know that. that. Dallas is directly in between Austin and Norman. I mean, it's equidistant. I yeah, didn't that's why they that. have the Cotton Bowl, but the, the Red River Shoot out there. I didn't realize it was equidistant, well, but would. we should be nah. bullying them. Next year should be in Miami. Make them go as far as possible what's, to media what's, days next What's year. the football scheduling equivalent of stuffing somebody in a locker? Having Steve Sarkeesian at 6 a.m. Fairbanks, Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that's hurting us. I don't know. Alaska in July might be nice. Really oh, cool. it's really nice. Now that I think about it, you're, you're, you got a point. Greg McElroy will join us from uh, ESPN and the SEC Network coming up in our next segment. All guests on Sports Talk Mississippi appear, whether we are at home or on the road, on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. Benjamin Watson from the SEC Network, former Georgia Bulldog, sat down with Michael Borky earlier New today. New Orleans Saint. Okay. Uh, sat down with um, Michael Borky earlier today. Yeah, I introduced him that way. I was like, just you, no you won a Super Bowl. Uh, he's played 16 years in the NFL and, and received all kinds of off-the-field recognition for, like, charity. And, and it would be just a wonderful guy. And I was like, former New Orleans Saint, Benjamin yeah. Watson. Let's talk about the Saints because uh, you're the man. But, no, good conversation. Mississippi State head football coach Zach Arnett. Great conversation with him. Uh, good to know that uh, he and Haydad still don't like each other. And so uh, we've got that coming for you. Will Rogers? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, we had a moment before the interview started. Yeah, I really was wondering if you guys were going to kiss. Oh, come it kind of felt like it was trending in that direction. No, no. Or hug. Bro hug at best. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Will Rogers, you. Here we go. very confident. And that's a good thing, of yeah. course. But when hey, that he's asked thrown him, for seventy-two thousand yards in his career, of, of course he's confident. Of course, give or but, take. But I appreciated he avoided some coach speaky stuff when Haydad asked him about system quarterback, and he said, "I'm just going to prove him wrong. Watch, 
watch, I will prove them wrong, was a yeah. paraphrase of his answer. He's very uh, comfortable in his new offense, apparently. I wonder how much of that is Arnett versus Leach. Because I'm telling you, it used to be Will Rogers would open his mouth and Mike Leach's voice would come out. Mm. And now, maybe with Arnett, he's got a little bit more personality of his own. Yeah. Because his, he's also his, older, he's more that's confident. Possible. That's very possible. He's yeah. got a lot of. Uh, there's some miles on the tires now for uh, for Will Rogers. And I don't mean that in a bad Not too way. Many, though. Just, he's going to be running for big yards this year. Uh, yeah, he's going to run, run for big yards. Uh, his answer is going to surprise you on uh, his most difficult road game that he's played in. I think, right. I think it'll surprise you a little bit. Uh, Woody Martz, who will talk about running the football this year, visited with you guys earlier today. Uh, Jaden Crumedy. Uh, Zach Selman, Mississippi State's athletics director. Uh, usually you don't get ADs at these events, um, but uh, first year for Zach Selman, and I think he kind of wanted to check out the landscape, get the lay of the land, figure out what SEC Media Days was all about. So he uh, jumped on the airplane and came along for the ride today, and we had a good visit with him and uh, a conversation that I had yesterday, uh, or earlier today, I guess it was, with uh, Cole Kublik from the SEC Network and uh, Jocks in Birmingham. Uh, talk some Auburn today. Uh, the teams that are here today, uh, there are teams, by the way, here other than just Mississippi State. Yeah, uh, Vanderbilt and Georgia were here this morning. Mississippi State and Auburn. Um, Hugh Freeze uh, was on the podium. His return to SEC Media Days. Mm-hmm. Last time was he was here, he didn't end up coaching the season that immediately followed it. I think he's okay on that on that account this year. I mean, as far as we know, but, but on the on the as other far hand, as we knew, and yeah, on the other hand, though. We didn't learn anything about about Auburn's third string deep snapper this year. Yeah, there was no filibuster and, and no planted questions this year. Yeah, um, uh, you, look, whatever with, with regard to Hugh Freeze. I mean, you, you got exactly what you would expect from Hugh Freeze. He is yeah. a uh, he's a, a good football coach. He knows that uh, the team that he has inherited has got a long way to go. Um, I he, do is think he that embellishing Richard, or, or or is he warning people? That's when I listened to him, I thought, okay, he's either a just trying to you know undersell and over deliver, or is he up there essentially warning his fans this roster is not ready yet? Like, dude, we are not going to win the West this year, guys. Roster's not ready. Roster's not ready. Like over and over and over again. Uh, I, I think the answer to that is yes. Uh, I I think there probably is a little bit of poor mouthing that goes in there because that's smart business. But I, I think letting your fans know that, hey, look, we really, really, really appreciate the fact that you set an all-time season ticket record this year. Yeah. Don't Which expect us to go undefeated at home. Um, yeah, there's a lot of enthusiasm there, and Auburn fans want to see this thing turned around, turned around in a hurry. Uh, Hugh Freeze talked about alignment from the uh, from the president through the AD's office to uh, uh, himself, with kind of everybody looking at things the exact same way. I will admit that I, uh, I mean, I know you know we all know, but when he stood up there and said, you know, my athletics director John Cohen, and I thought, <laughs> what world are we living in? Yeah. Auburn University with athletics director John Cohen and head football coach Hugh Freeze. What a time to be alive. Uh, so, uh, we'll talk some about uh, what Hugh Freeze said uh, a little bit, maybe. Probably not going to mention much about Vanderbilt, for just being honest. Yeah. Reigning champs were here today. Georgia in the house. Two-time reigning national champions. And uh, and a whole lot more. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Streaming at supertalk.fm 
and Super Talk TV. Coverage brought to you by Genteel, the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. I think we are going to have Greg McElroy on the other side of this break. Yeah. Jackson himself, but I did hear Chattahoochee twice last night as I was making my way That's no down surprise. and up Broadway. Uh, seems to be a uh, common theme. Hey, the C Spire text line is open to you as we continue from SEC Media Days in Nashville, 601-879-4395. Uh, Mike is watching on uh, Super Talk TV, and he said, what is the art on the wall behind Borky? Well, I'm sitting in the chair that Borky was sitting in just a moment ago. So, I looked at it for a while and, and was able to figure it out because there, there are two pictures. So, that is a three-dimensional back of what would be a gaudy rhinestone jacket. Yeah. And the three-dimensional objects that make the outline are thimbles, like sewing yeah. thimbles. So, you know, eye of the beholder and they all had to that buy good 500 stuff. boxes of the Monopoly game to get those thimbles. Yeah. I wonder if you could order thimbles in bulk. Surely you can because there are sewing stores and stuff. Yeah, you, you would think so. So you would uh, you would think so. So there you go, Mike. Ask and uh, you'll get an answer. When did Hey Dad shave his beard? That was that uh, was Palmer Home. Came off uh, while we were on the air at Palmer Home when we crossed the three hundred thousand dollar threshold. Come back nicely on uh, on that particular date. Just took a peek at State's new uniforms, which by the way seem to have gotten pretty high marks. Uh, not so much from uh, this text, though. Are they always going to steal Ole Miss's identity? I mean, they already stole our colors because if you mix red, white, and blue together, it comes out maroon. Now they're stealing our cursive font, S-M-H. Stealing the cursive font. Yes. Yes. Again, Ole Miss invented cursive. I had no idea that, that the University of Mississippi is responsible for, the, for us having... Greg McElroy joins us. Greg, were you aware that Ole Miss invented cursive? Is that true? No, it isn't. Well, they teach it. They don't teach it anymore. So yeah, no, they don't. It's a lost so, art. So it's locked. There he is, yeah. Greg McElroy. My uh, my six year old was frustrated in church on Sunday morning. She wrote my wife a note that said, "My cursive is terrible." Like, Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. You're yeah. six. Who's teaching that to oh, you, anyways? So. I don't like my signature now. Are a couple loop de loops and call it a day. Like it used to be cursive. Looks oh, yeah. to look good. No, no, no more. Worthless. Arnold Palmer was the one who had the. Uh, he said, "If somebody is going to be nice enough to ask you for an autograph, you should be kind enough to sign." something in a way they can read it. Yeah. Which made me feel bad because I think Arnold Palmer's great. <laughs> That's otherwise. accurate, but when you have to pick up the bill for Tess and Feinbaum at dinner last night, I didn't want to look at that bill any longer than I had to. So I needed to just throw a couple swiggles on there and call the day. Yep, yeah, exactly. If I had his card, I would have done it. I can assure you uh, fraud is something that would definitely be encouraged if Cole's credit card fell into my hands. By all means. Yeah, <laughs> uh, under, uh, understand that. Mississippi State was here today. What do you think about the Bulldogs this year? I like them a lot. Um, you know, I think... I think do you like everybody this time of year, by the way? No. Okay. <laughs> Not at all, actually. Probably. I'm, I'm very negative. Um, no, actually, I really like them. And I, I'm very interested. Naturally, we're all interested in what the offense is going to be. I'm actually a little bit more interested in what the defense is going to look like because if the offense was ball control last year and they're ball control again this year, 
How many different guys are going to need to, you know, step up defensively, particularly in the in the back end, to be able to make sure this defense doesn't skip a beat? And I, I don't think anyone's talking about. It, but I think Tyrus Sweet was a pretty important player. And and you look at what they did, and you talk to any single team that they were playing against. Hey, what's your plan offensively for the looks and the pressures that you're going to be getting from Mississippi State? And they say we just got to manage number two. If we can handle number two, we're in good shape. They're going to move him around. We got to account for him every single time of protection. Now he's not a glass eater, and he's not going to set the world on fire in the NFL. But he was a guy that was a little bit difficult to prepare for, and I think that's actually a loss that might be felt a little more than some people have suggested. What do y'all think? Well, it's interesting because, as you as you mentioned, when I've done interviews and and, and people talked about Mississippi State, nobody talks about the defense. Yeah, nobody asks those questions. But it's not interesting, like the right. the galactic shift that is the air raid to the Appalachian State stretched zone backside cut. It, that's like a massive ship. Like, yeah. massive shifts. So it's, I, I think that's going to be the hot topic of conversation amongst the casuals. But I think for us that know the, the roster pretty well, you guys and those that have really dialed in, that defense had an edge last year, especially on the perimeter. And those guys don't grow on trees. I know, I know you said you feel good about the corners, but that's a question mark for me. It is. It is. I mean, you're replacing a first-rounder. guy yeah. who, you know, the last three years has you know, sort of cut off half the field for you defensively, and then you're going to have to see some guys step up. State in the portal the last two years has, has, has done well getting guys from Power 5 programs. they got a guy from Alabama and Marcus right. Banks, Jacoby Albert from Kentucky, uh, Jordan Morant from Michigan, Hunter Washington, Florida State. So they've been getting guys who haven't had a, their opportunity, but their recruiting profile it leads you to believe they've got talent. Yeah, I, think, I don't think they're going to be without talent, um, but let's think about it. I mean, you have six... Interception returns for touchdowns, it's been lost, right? Yeah. I mean, that doesn't, not a lot of guys Nobody have. How many that, receivers yeah. scored six touchdowns, yeah. you know, in the last couple of years? I mean, not yeah. many. So uh, I, th- I do think it's going to be very interesting. The offense should help the defense, but what if the offensive line's not as good run blocking as we anticipate? And the ball control that was where they're in a two-point stance and they got a block for ha- a second and a half before the ball's released, what if it doesn't take as quickly? As we think it might. Now, ultimately, it's still Mississippi State. They're going to be a blue-collar program. That's a chip on their shoulder, and they're going to be able to try to run the ball. They're going to be tough as can be, and they're going to be physical. So I think they'll be okay. A lot of it's effort along the line of scrimmage and attitude. But I think that's the one question. The defense has been so strong. If the offense takes a little while to get going and to get comfortable because it is a new system, will the defense be able to shoulder the load long enough for the offense to be able to kind of catch up to where they ultimately need to go. You know, I feel like when the the preseason media poll comes out, and, and that's worth, I mean, whatever paper it's printed on, <laughs> I guess. But LSU was picked fifth last last year, so. How'd that turn out? Not great. Not great. <laughs> great for LSU. Yeah, sure. Historically, or history tells us that, that Mississippi State's going to be picked either sixth or seventh in the West. And I'm not sure that it feels like that's where they're going to finish. I mean, I think they'll probably be picked to finish sixth. Um, that's Auburn probably seventh. Yeah, that's probably how I would have it right now. Um, but I really believe that every single team in the West is going to win seven or more games. I, mean, I really think that. I think the East is down, um, and I love some of the non-conference matchups that a lot of the West teams have. Granted, I mean, when you say the East is down, does that mean you think Tennessee's taking a step back? I do. Yeah, I, I think Tennessee last year had some really 
really important moments of the season where it could have very easily gone in a different direction. For instance, Will Campbell at LSU, did they win that game by 30? If the left tackle for LSU's in the game and they're not shuffling the deck the night before the game, I don't know. I mean, I think LSU came out extremely flat that day. I think Bama had a terrible performance by their standards and came close to almost stealing it on the road. Um, I do think that South Carolina is going to be a player, and I do think Georgia is still a tough matchup for Tennessee, but I think Kentucky's got a chance to be pretty good as well. I don't know if they'll be 10-win good like they've been in, in recent years, but I think they have a chance to be problematic. And Missouri, I, I really think the league could have 14 teams in a bowl game. I, I honestly think Vanderbilt could win six games this year looking at their non-conference schedule as well. I mean, they get Wake Forest, but that's early in Wake Forest breaking a new quarterback and have a few things they got to figure out uh, on the offensive side as well. So, I, I mean, I think the league's really deep but I think there have been a couple teams that have really accelerated from beyond. That's Bama, that's LSU, and that's uh, that's Georgia. Right. Those three teams are in a league of their own, and then I think everyone else is, is pretty dang good, and I think we're going to see quite a bit of carnage. So the standard is different, but that's like Damian Fishback thinking that 10 SEC teams are getting to the, to the NCAA tournament. You, you think all 14? I think it's definitely – well, Tennessee – Tennessee beat Vanderbilt in the last game of the season last year, but a lot of people picked Vanderbilt, including Herb Street, picked Vanderbilt to win that game. If they win that game, they're in the bowl. They're in the bowl game. And if you look at the non-conference, I mean, it's it's not out of the realm possibly they're four and zero in the non-conference. You You're get right. UNLV, you get, uh, I mean, you get you get Wake Forest, Hawaii, Hawaii. You get Auburn at your place. I think that could be a game that they could definitely win. I mean. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying that it's a foregone conclusion. Vegas didn't get rich by missing win totals <laughs> by three wins, but I also think it's it's possibility. Um, I expect the SEC to fare very well in the non-conference this year. Yeah, really, really well. I look at all the non-conference games scattered across the deck. And Georgia is going to be 4-0 in the non-conference. I think Bama's got a very difficult game in Texas. I think Kansas State and Missouri is a tricky one, but one that Missouri hosts and has a chance to maybe make life difficult on a team with some expectations coming into the season. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think the league's very strong top to bottom. I don't think the East is as good as some people think it's going to be. People think that gap has closed between the West and the East. I don't see it at all. Uh, I still think the gap is significant from the West to the East. Only got a minute left. Give me a 30-second thought on Ole Miss. I think they're very dangerous. 8-1 uh, and one last year. People forget that, right? I mean, they were off to a really good start. And then Lane Kiffin, there were some rumors that he might be considering Auburn. Really? Yeah, I don't know if you've heard that. I didn't hear wow. that. Yeah, no, there was a lot of buzz there. That would there. have been a big deal. A lot yeah. of buzz there. We should have there. talked about that. Yeah, I think that should have been in, in the show, but that's okay. You can squeeze it in right before with 40 seconds left in a segment. <laughs> um, I think that really disrupted the intensity of practice and it disrupted on a team that had a bunch of transfer players. I think guys started looking around and be like, all right, what's next, boys? Hang on, our coach is leaving. What's going on? And as a result... They look terrible down the stretch. I think they're really dangerous. Their quarterback play improves. You know they're going to be able to run the ball. they still got weapons. And I think defensively with Golding, they're going to be a lot better. Greg McElroy from ESPN and the SEC Network joining us on Sports Talk Mississippi from SEC Media Days. We'll hear from Benjamin Watson on the Farm Bureau guest line coming up next. That's right. Sports Talk Mississippi on the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. Thank you. 
Sports Talk Mississippi, Michael Borky with you. And our next guest is a Super Bowl champion, a highly accomplished NFL and college football player, accolades off the field as well. But I'm going to introduce him. I'm going to fan out here. As a former New Orleans Saint, Benjamin Watson, who that, man, I appreciate you spending some time with us. And let's start there. I'm a Saints fan. When you played in New Orleans, I've heard so many people say that is the loudest environment that they've ever played. Is that actually true? Or is that what Saints people say to make fans like us feel better? That's what Saints people say, but it is also true. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I can say that I'll tell you, I'll tell you, you probably remember this game uh, very vividly. Uh, 2009, I was playing with the Patriots, and we came down there on, I think it was a Monday night football game. It was the year the Saints won the Super Bowl. And um, it was probably the loudest game I think I've ever been a part of. I've been to some loud stadiums. Seattle is a very loud stadium. Kansas City is loud. There are several of them in the NFL. But when New Orleans gets going in a night game with a lot on the line, there is nothing better than being in the Superdome. That's why I enjoy playing there so much because it, because the, the passion of the fans, whether it was a day game or a night game, just the passion of the fans, the way that the city embraces the team, it, it's the only place. I'll tell you this: it's the only place I've played in played on four teams where when we returned from an away game, whether it was midnight, two in the morning, uh, five in the afternoon. Whether it was raining, whenever snowing, whether it was blazing hot, there were people at the airport welcoming welcoming us back to New Orleans. That's the only place I've ever played where that happened. And I tell people that story because just to highlight the fact that New Orleans, Louisiana people are different. Yeah. That, that fan base is special. So I've always wondered this as well. For a guy that's played in multiple places in the NFL, do you – like? Are you a fan of, of one team? Do you like them all? Do you root for them all? Like, how, how do you choose that when you played in, in different places? Well, like what I what I always did was I, I just rooted for people that I knew. And, and when you play for a certain amount of time, you end up knowing guys in different places. Now, I might not cheer for your team if you play for the Steelers. I want you to do well. Yeah. <laughs> but I might not cheer for you. But but I do kind of have a, uh, especially now, um, me and my wife have seven kids. And my, my oldest daughters are like, Hey, I can't wait for football season to start. We have this like family pick them during the year where we pick the games and most of my kids are involved and they're excited about football coming, but we always kind of cheer a little more for the teams that I played on because honestly, their birth cities are some of those teams as well. We had three kids while we were living in New Orleans, three in, in Cleveland and one in, in New England. So it's, it's special for the family. I, I would love to talk NFL football <laughs> the whole time, but we are at SEC Media Days. You're now at the SEC Network uh, as an analyst. So it's Mississippi State Day. Let's start there. Unique circumstance, unfortunately a unique circumstance for Mississippi State. First-year head coach promoted from defensive coordinator after Mike Leach's passing. What's the biggest challenge for Zach Arnett, not only – becoming a head coach for the first time, but but taking over such a unique situation like that? It's always difficult when you take over for a legend. And uh, you see this happen a lot of times when, when, when coaches in the sporting profession are taking over for someone who is, is such a storied person or who had a kind of a larger-than-life personality. And the temptation there is to sometimes be somebody that you're not. And, and what I think you've seen from Arnett already is that he's going to be who he is. The great thing, I think, is his relationship with Coach Leach before and the fact that he's been a part of the program. This isn't a guy that's coming in from the outside. And so there's this continuity there. Uh, I think I think another big challenge that he has is changing that offense. I mean, he's already said that he's yeah, going they've to. They've added your position now. I, I know. 
like, wow, there's a tight end. I mean, he's changed into a pro-style offense. He brought in a new offensive coordinator um, from App State. Going to be more more run-heavy, I think, this year than they have been in the past, which in watching them has been one of the – the, the axes I've had to grind with them is like run the football. Yeah. Like you got to be able to run the football sometimes. And it seems like he, he's realizing he's going to do that. So it's going to be a challenge there as he tries to uh, um, emphasize that with a team that has not been um, centered on running the football and has not recruited players that, you know, were going to be there to run the football. So that's going to be a difficult change for him. But I think it's going to be for the better of Mississippi State. Uh, SEC Network analyst, former St. Benjamin Watson on your radio right now. So, um, George is here, your alma mater, back-to-back national championships, but they lost a bunch. And now they recruit so well, and, and, and a lot of people here think, ah, oh, that doesn't matter because they, they lose the entire Eagles defense and, <laughs> exactly. and replace them with five stars. Is it really that simple, though? Is the Philadelphia Bulldogs. Seriously. But um, is it really that simple where you just, well, out with these great players and these five stars are just going to be the same? Is it really that simple? Seven years of top recruiting classes, and and one thing I didn't I didn't understand about college football, even even in playing years ago at Georgia, um, and then being in the NFL for 16 years, where I wasn't really following college football the same way, I didn't realize the importance of recruiting. It, it's that thing that it seems like the insiders understand, the fans understand, but from a player perspective, I wasn't really thinking about the, the power of recruiting. But when you look at Georgia and the pipeline they've had of players coming in. Over, over time, that's how you're able to replace a loss of five first-round picks and then come back the next year and still have a number one ranked defense in, in the conference. That's how you're able to have players who leave, but then because of what they poured into the players underneath them, those guys step into that role of leadership but also performance. Um, and, and so is it that simple? No, it's not because if it was, everybody would be doing it. But when you look at these dynasty-type programs like in Alabama and Nick Saban, it was the recruiting. It was, yes, his coaching. It was all it was the competition at practice. It was all those sorts of things. But they were able to land these highly touted prospects and develop them. That's what you've seen Georgia be able to do over the last several years since Kirby Smart has been there, especially on the defensive side yeah. of the ball. All of us here are, are very likely uh, going to pick Georgia to win the East. Not so much in the West, though. It feels like for the first time, and I know Alabama doesn't win the West every year, yeah, they're not going to be the favorite. I don't think anyway. Based well, on talking well, to people, well, maybe not talking about, but I, I swear I've seen them as the favorite um, according to some polls. Oh, I'm sure sh- somebody yeah. will. But I mean, we're sitting next to the Baton Rouge people, so maybe that's uh, that's, <laughs> that not, might that's be our why. problem. But is LSU prepared to make that kind of a run where they run through the West as good as the West is this year and in upset Nick Saban again and and get back to the SEC championship or do you expect Alabama to rebound from a a, a down year where they won 11 games? I expect Alabama to rebound but I also expect LSU to uh, to win the West Um, but but I'll tell you this the challenging part about what LSU is doing this year the good part is the fact that they have a returning quarterback Um, it's Brian Kelly's second year the, the, the culture has been established. There's no surprises. They understand what the SEC schedule looks like. Uh, uh, these guys have played a tough schedule. They went to the SEC championship last year. They lost to Georgia, but they were there. They have a hunger still to come back and, and play there. But the most difficult thing and where maturity sets in is if a team, if players are able to play at a top level when everybody's expecting them to and when everybody is trying to prevent them from because they're a known commodity. 
And that's what LSU is going to face this year. It's a coveted position to be in because it means you've been successful. The question I have is, will they be able to handle that, that positive pressure? Um, because it's one thing to play when nobody's expecting you to be good. It's another thing when everybody's expecting you to win and you go out and do it. That's what Alabama has done for several years. That's what Georgia has done over the last couple of years. And uh, transitioning to Ole Miss, of course, we cover Ole Miss as well, even though they're not here today. They'll be here Thursday. Quinshawn Judkins is a guy that I think might experience a similar thing where last year Zach Evans was the guy at Ole Miss, and then here's this true freshman, this kind of under-recruited true freshman that took the league by storm. Nobody's going to be surprised by Quinshawn <laughs> Judkins anymore, though. He'll he'll have a target on his back, and does that change things? Well, for running back, for him, watching him, led the league in, in, in broken tackles, um, strong runner, powerful um, quick, I, I think he may run for more yards without Zach Evans, without having to split time. Um, the only issue is going to be his health. How, health, how healthy does he stay? Um, and then at the quarterback position, how does the how, how does Lane Kiffin with the passing game uh, open up things for his running back? Um, I know Lane wants to throw the ball more than he did last year. Last year, Ole Miss was a heavy run offense. Um, led the led the SEC in rushing. Um, I think he wants to be more balanced this year, and that's why he brought in a little bit of quarterback competition with Jackson Dart. But I think for Quinshawn, look, the sky's the limit for him. I wouldn't be surprised to see him run for as much, if not more, yards than he did last year. That's Benjamin Watson, all-around good guy, NFL legend, Saints legend as yeah. well. I just wanted to call you anyway. I think you're a legend. Uh, anybody that plays for a Saints is a legend for me. Who that, so I'm baby. a little bit biased. But thank you so much for your time, man. Appreciate I appreciate it. it. Thank you. We'll be right back. Michael Borky with Benjamin Watson earlier today here at SEC Media Days. Great conversation, and uh, he's a really interesting guy. He was a, a fantastic addition to the uh, the SEC Network coverage of the SEC for football season a couple of years ago. has been uh, has been really good. Uh, all guests appear on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. Our coverage of SEC Media Days is brought to you by Genteel. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. You can visit them online and order Genteel for yourself at genteelapparel.com. Don't miss out on the collegiate collection. Uh, quick thought on Benjamin Watson, what he had to say about uh, about Mississippi State just a second ago. I mean, I, he's not too far off probably. I, yeah. I, I, I feel like that, that I feel like everybody's given the same answers because they're just not sure. And I think not sure is actually a fair place to, to it be. It is, yeah. Uh, especially for somebody that is not in it on a day-in, day-out basis. There are legitimately questions about this Mississippi State team. There's also confidence inside the locker room at Mississippi State. And you will hear some of that confidence in the 4 o'clock hour. Zach Arnett, Bulldogs head coach, Will Rogers, Woody Marks, Jaden Crumity, all join us in the 4 o'clock hour of Sports Talk Mississippi from SEC Media Days in Nashville, presented by Genteel. We're back right after this. If it's happening in Mississippi sports, you'll hear about it first, right here. Sports Talk Mississippi.
second SEC Media Days with you, Nashville, Tennessee, where looking at the windows off to the west, or out the windows, kind of down the hall, out to the west, I mean, there are storms a-coming. I don't know why, but I got an email from the Red Cross a moment ago warning me about storms that were headed for central Tennessee. They were worried about you. Well, that was nice of them. I, uh, I appreciate that uh, very much. Uh, the ability to take a joke, mm-hmm. it's not always 100%. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I'm fully aware of that, actually. I, uh, I, I was making reference to Mississippi State's new uniforms, the script state. Yeah. And oh no, stealing old Mrs. Kirsten. Oh no, what happened? What what is it? Um, well, we get uh, Roof Max tells us that uh, I hate to break it to Richard, but State started wearing the script in 1959 on its baseball uniforms. Old Miss only started wearing the script in the 70s. Who's copying who? And he tells me that it helps to do some research. It does. It, it does help. Uh, oh. He- <laughs> Ole Miss, but we use the P word, don't even know what color blue they are. Or mascot either. Mm. It's true. Thanks. These are all true things. What is the new meme? Uh, It's uh, Borky doing the horns down. All these messages coming in on the C Spire text line. 601-879-4395. That is the number for you to be a part of the conversation. Whether you are looking for the best in wireless, the best in home internet, or the best in business IT services, C Spire has you covered. Learn more online at cspire.com. Well, baseball news here. What you got? Uh, Mississippi State reliever Aaron Nixon decided to sign a free agent deal, and he will not be in Starkville next season. That's okay, a, that's a blow for State. Yeah, uh, he signed with your team. He's a Yankee. All right, go Yanks. There you go. Um, Ole Miss had some baseball news yesterday. A, cu- a couple of portal uh, commitments yesterday. They got their shortstop, and his coach, by the way, or his outgoing coach, had some thoughts on did that. Did you see this, hey, Dad? So, uh, well, yes, Luke, did, Luke Hill from Baton Rouge uh, was a freshman at Arizona State last year, hit, if I remember correctly, 316 as a true freshman in the Pac-12, had a handful of home runs, good oh, player. Oh, yeah, Hits the portal late. A lot of people thought he was going to LSU because he's from Baton Rouge, ended up going to Ole Miss. Here's what Willie Bloomquist said uh, about him. He said that some of the teammates... Uh, are glad he's gone. Quote, matter of fact, a lot of them feel like we're going to be better without him and the attitude he showed at times. End quote. Oof. Oh, come on. On the way out the door. You can't. You can't. I, I, can't I don't know that, that you do that in this world. That's yeah. lo- it, like the, the, the world has changed. Portal is part of it. You're going to get some guys from the portal. You're going to lose some guys to the portal. And the timing sometimes stinks. He did say that he was disappointed in the way that it worked. He's like, I mean, good grief. I lost my shortstop at the 11th hour. That's um, it's not the best look. Not you know, the it's, best it's, look. it's loser behavior Kids is what that is. consider Arizona State as a result of Well, and, and huh? during this press opportunity, he talked about how they have no money to compete in the NIL oh, space and how the committee screwed them over and, and left them out of the tournament and stuff. He, he, was, uh, he was a bit of a whiner today, but, but that's loser behavior, man. Even if it's true, let's pretend it's true that his teammates hate him. I don't believe it, but let's pretend that it is. That's still, as a, as an adult man, a, a coach, a leader of a team, you don't do oh. that with an outgoing player. You I, don't I, do that. I looked at some of the comments to that, and apparently there's a radio show host in Knoxville as well. Tennessee was 
kind of courting him a little bit. They yeah. need a Maui Ahuna a yeah. moved on. Uh, apparently, a radio show host in uh, Knoxville said that uh, Tennessee was looking for a shortstop, but this kid was looking for a payday. <laughs> All right. Sorry. I mean, I, I literally have uh, I, I have no thoughts on that. I mean, uh, when, when are we going to stop doing that? When are the know. collective we going to stop doing that? Uh, good if he was looking for a payday, number one. You working for two, free, buddy? Have you looked at your portal class, Tennessee guy? Hmm. Do you think those guys are playing for you for free? It's so stupid, and it's the same I mean, thing. Look, with- Tennessee, what did it cost you to get Chase Burns in the portal? Oh, oh wait, wait, wait. He left you he went the other to way. go in the portal. To, uh, okay, I lost track of it. Uh, all right, so Luke Hill, shortstop, Arizona State, and Ross Jackson, uh, also an infielder from FAU, first-team all-conference guy. I think he's only got one year of eligibility yeah, remaining. Sure. Hill's got two years of eligibility. These two pieces put Ole Miss's portal class into a spot where you look at it in totality, and you're like, I mean, yeah, you would have liked to have gotten one more arm, but this is really good. Yeah, they got a third baseman, they got a shortstop. Leger, I assume, is moving to second. I think Jackson's going to play first base. You got an outfielder, you got a left handed starting pitcher. You know, there was Who, angst. Who's like, first base? Uh, the FAU transfer. Oh, okay. I, th- okay. I think. I mean, it, you know, Maybe. things might change, but. They can put him in the outfield, too, if they want. But either way, it's a really good haul. Mike Bianco did a really good job. And four days ago, fans were were kind of losing it about it. State's had some nice pitcher picks up, pickups in the last couple of the week, uh, last couple of weeks as well. So uh, just a little bit of baseball news in the middle of football media days from Nashville. Coverage presented by Genteel Apparel. Four o'clock hour coming up. We'll start it off with Zach Arnett. Now more sports talk Mississippi. Hey, it's go time. Sports Talk Mississippi. Well, say something. Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi at SEC Media Days in Nashville. Mississippi State here today. That means the head coach, the Bulldog, Zach Arnett, joins us. Always good to uh, see you. First time around for, uh, for this on you so far. How has it been? Yeah, it's been good. I'm just getting started. So it, it's the beginning been, of it. Yeah, they've been kind and gentle on me so far. But yeah, thanks for having me. It's always good to uh, good to catch up. Is there a level of excitement for for you guys? Obviously, you're going through off season workouts, maybe a little bit of time off. But but is this kind of marked? Okay, now it's time to go to work. Yeah, I think you ask most coaches, right? For most coaches, media days kind of is the unofficial kickoff to football season, right? I mean, get your competitive juices flowing, get you kind of excited and energized for the work ahead. As you go in August and, you know, what you're going to have coming up throughout the fall. So it's exciting. You were on with – or Hey Dad had you on his uh, his radio show not too terribly long ago. And you just pillared him. And it was fantastic. Well, yeah, I mean – Do you guys like each other? Is this <laughs> we, are, we are actually friends. I think. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, none of the fans want, right? They want a little just, back and forth. Look, he's a showman. He know he knows how to draw. He was he was talking about me drawing clicks. He was helping me draw hey, clicks. Listen, you, talk, you say it all the time in the staff room, right? We don't want a bunch of yes men. You just yeah. whatever you say. I figured you wanted the same from your guests, right? I one hundred percent. You don't did. want just a yes man who agrees with everything you say. See, he could, he could, particularly if it's the wrong he opinion. He gets on there with Kiffin, and he's just like, yes, oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah, no problem. So <laughs> no, Kiffin won't talk to us. That's right. That's <laughs> right. We get to sit down and visit with you. <laughs> yeah. 
He don't talk to me either. I see him in meetings. He doesn't talk to me very much either. Yeah. I think that's everybody. I, think, I, don't, I don't think it's – I wouldn't take that personally. Um, it, it, is there a reality that has set in for you that uh, – I, I think right after you were officially named head coach, we talked to you, and it was kind of drinking out of a fire hose and trying to get everything going all at once. But now that there's been a little bit of time, has it kind of settled in and the head football coach of an SEC team and you got a season just around the corner? I don't know if I sit back and, you know, maybe thinks as think about things as existentially as that sounded, right? But I mean, I, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm the head coach of the program, right? I'm responsible for, it, for everything that goes on in it. And obviously, priority number one is you got to get the right people on the bus and in the right seats. And so I'm, I'm really fortunate. We got a staff, and you take our on the field coaches, our sports staff, there's over 100 years of combined SEC experience. Uh, and so that's a, a tremendous asset to me and gives you a lot of experience to lean on and bounce ideas off of. So just to show you that I'm coachable, today I've done a bunch of interviews and they've asked me, how different is this offense going to be? And I have had told them all, I was like, I don't think it's going to be as different as you guys think it's going to be, going back to our conversation we had a few months ago. I just had another one of these. I, they let me know that I guess we were taking the snap under center every play. which Every I thought, play. Which I thought was new to me, too, because I watched. I even said what you said. I made the comment about, you know, it's not like they're running the triple option. Yeah, I took, I, I took what you said and went with it. But that being said, every I think it feels like everybody in this room expects Mississippi State to really, really look different. It's not going to look that different, is it? Well, I mean, I, again, your job as a coach is to identify who your best players are, who your most explosive players are on offense, and then get the ball in their hands and create as much space as possible. Right? There's a lot of ways in which you can do that. Okay, I, I mean, I would probably defer to Will. He's got, he had more experience and time in the air raid than I did. Yeah, I know he's told me. You know, he says, name an offense in the country who doesn't run the wide cross play. And they already called 95, also known as wide cross. Tell me an offense that doesn't run four verts or, or three level flood patterns, right? Now, how you get to them is different and unique, uh, depending on which scheme you choose to employ. But at the end of the day, you're trying to get the ball in your most explosive player's hands in as much space as possible. And then the other side of that coin, and people are asking me as well, is how you know how different is the defense going to look? And I feel like sort of the same answer. I feel like there's going to be a lot of similarities, but there will be some differences because it's not you making those calls anymore. I don't think I don't even think it's so much me making the calls as, as opposed to Matt Brock. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's going to be a little bit of that. Just you have different personalities, maybe as a play caller, but a lot of that's going to be because of the, the players who are out on the field. Mm-hmm. You know, we return quite a bit up front, but we're making some. We got some losses. We got to. Got to get some new guys in the secondary. We, we don't have Emmanuel Forbes out there. We can just put on an island, right? The 16th pick of the draft. Uh, I was watching some cutups here recently. I was speaking at a high school clinic, and you know we're running zero pressures, and they're throwing the ball over there because it's plain as day to everyone in the stadium that that corner is one on one with that receiver over there, and there ain't no one else around. Well, when you got Emmanuel Forbes, you can do that a little bit, and he, he picks it off and takes it back for a touchdown. If you don't have Emmanuel Forbes over there, you don't feel as confident about that about that call. So. Player, players influence scheme. Right? It doesn't matter what side of the ball, offense, defense. Coaches coaches and the scheme do not influence what the players do. The players influence what scheme you you know, you know choose to use. There was at least a perception that when the de- you were the defensive coordinator, that that, that was yours. And, and Mike just let you do your thing, and he stayed out of it and stayed away. I, I don't know if that's 100% accurate or not, but that perception existed. I, I'm curious... Because That's 100% accurate. 100% accurate. Yeah. Okay. 
Will you do the exact same thing for your offensive guys, or will you kind of peek into that room and, and keep an eye on how that's going as well? No, I've, I've, I've been asked that question quite a bit, and I usually respond, you know, not only the head coach, right, you get this fancy title. I look back at my, my coaching career, my resume, I, I can't find anything on there that proves that I'm an expert in offensive play. You know, I've not been in those meetings learning the fine details and nuance of how to build and coordinate an offense. And so just because I have head coach title, I'm responsible for it. Don't get me wrong. I'm yeah. responsible. We can't, we can't score points. But I'm not really sure what that, why that makes me the expert because nothing in my experience – I've never coached an offensive position. Now, I have opinions on what makes really good offenses, first and foremost, players – Sure. Right, and I understand that every every defense has a weakness. Right, you 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 know that better than anybody as a defensive coach. Right, you make a defensive call, you know there's a strength and a weakness to that somewhere. call. Exactly. Right, and the offenses who hurt you the most are, do a really good job of exposing those weaknesses. Right, so I have opinions and thoughts on what it is that makes a very good offense. But no, that'd be pretty foolish of me to go in there and all of a sudden go. Well, now I'm the head coach. Hey. Here's this handful of plays that I really like the teams are running against us. We're going to run those plays now when we may not be built to run those those plays or that scheme. Uh, that's why Kevin Bell Ray was hired. That's why the offensive coaches are on that side of the ball have been hired. And, and I guess that's where you kind of addressed that. I might want to push back a little bit because if you're a successful defensive coordinator, you've obviously studied a lot of offense I mean, when, when you're building a game plan. But I suppose teaching it and implementing it, and deciding what works best in certain situations. Well, I, I would just I would push back on you. I don't know many offensive head co- coaches. That's their background. Who now become head coaches? So they go ahead in critical moments. They call the defense because hey, they've studied and watched a lot of defense over the years. So hey, on that third, uh, that critical third long, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and make that call because I know best. I'm an offensive guy, right? I mean. Like, can we get a post and a little <laughs> yeah. side yeah, right, around yeah, and yeah. maybe drag somebody so like, underneath? You could do it, but you choose not to. No, that's the beauty of being the head coach, right? Yeah. Is when you, when it's, a, when it's the right call, you get to take all the credit. Exactly. When it's the wrong call, you're going to blame your coordinators. Yeah. Is that how it went with, with Coach Leach? No, like, oh, no, no. Uh, just, no, no, just no, screwed no. us up again. All no, right. I, I, had, I had a hell of a luxury on Coach Leach. I mean, there is not a, there's not a defense coordinator in the country who got more autonomy to do what he thought was best and sometimes make the wrong calls. Uh, not even coordinator in the country had more freedom than I did, and so uh, I'm forever forever grateful for that. And hopefully that will influence me with how I deal with my coordinators. Commissioner Sankey spoke yesterday, spoke at length about NIL and, and, and where he wants that to go. NIL at Mississippi State has been a thing that it feels like there's been some positive momentum and that you've you got the NIL in the place where you want it. When you talk to fans across the, the state, I know you toured the state this summer, You know what's the message for them for NIL? Yeah, we're, we're obviously a, a transformational time in college athletics, right? Players, we are all about any opportunity resource to maximize what, what, what players can capitalize on, right? I think we haven't had one of the most loyal unique fan bases and all of college athletics, right? Every, everyone knows that if you've been to Mississippi State and Starkville, you know it's about the most loyal fan base there is. So that's a heck of an opportunity for for players as they uh, they come to our program, right? And, you know, you hear about whether it's congressional involvement or whatever it is to create a, kind of a national framework for NIL. I won't go ahead and let the experts, you know, debate that and hash out all those details. Our, our job is to deal with what the current reality is and make sure we're doing everything we can 
right, to maximize those opportunities for our players and, and to our fan base. And simply put, if you're a, if you're a supporter of Mississippi State Athletics, the best thing you can do is support the Bulldog Initiative. New helmets, uniforms. Yeah. Do you have any input on that? No, no. I, uh, you know, I, I think I mean, I, I'm not known I, as a kind of. A, I'm not known as a, yeah. I'm not really kind of known as a trendy you look good today. guy. I don't know what the the latest trends are. That, that's that's based on input from our, our players. Right, they're the ones who got to wear them. Usually, you you play well when you feel good in what you wear. So that's kind of based on input from our players, our fans, recruits. I think they all have a, probably a better thumb on what the current <laughs> hot trends are than I do. Richard was, we only got about 30 seconds here, but Richard was convinced you were going to be wearing cowboy boots today. I, no, I wasn't convinced. I asked the question. I was like, Willie, I, I think you thought it was going to happen. You're a boots happen. guy, aren't you? I do enjoy wearing them. Yeah, okay. I do. Maybe next year in Dallas. Maybe not with a suit. Though. Next year in Dallas, yeah, you got to wear boots. I don't know if you get outside of Texas because it's common or not. I don't know. Maybe not as I guess next, exactly <laughs> next year. But then he makes fun of me for not wearing socks. He's not wearing socks. It's the summer. Zach, appreciate your time. You're always kind. I know. That's what I'm telling you, Coach. Thanks Thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thanks, Coach. Hail State. Hail State. Zach Arnett, head football coach at Mississippi State. We'll be right back. Talk Mississippi. Here we, here we go, go. Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi here in Nashville on Radio Row. It is SEC Media Day. Sitting with me, Michael Borky, and QB1, Will Rogers, Mississippi State University. I had a whole line of questionings. I, had, I knew exactly what I wanted to ask you, and then Woody screwed that up for you because he said... I asked him about you uh, and what you what we're going to do here in the offense, blah blah blah. And he said, "Oh, Will's the runner." <laughs> he talked yep. about the, the running ability of Will Rogers. Tell me all about it. I mean, hey, word on the street is I'm faster than Woody now. Oh, hashtag athlete. Is what we're going to say <laughs> hashtag dual threat. Yes, yes. You can put a lot. You're going to put a lot of myths to bed if, if you can come out there. You know, if I see Will Rogers 15 carries for 87 yards, I'm going to be like, okay. I might be like that, too. <laughs> I'm going to throw a, a, a label at you. It's two words. I know you don't like it. System quarterback. I love it. You do love it. Tell me why. Because it's wrong. Okay. And uh, I'm about to have a chance to uh, prove a lot of people wrong and why they say that. So. When, when you hear that label, when, when, you, when people say, well, oh, he's a system quarterback, a lot of coaches will tell you that everybody's a system quarterback. You know, you can't just put Tom Brady into the wishbone and say, Go ahead. You, you have to you have to sort of fit fit everybody's strengths, and that's what being a system quarterback is about. For you in this system, in the Kevin Barbe offense, does that play to your strengths? Does what play to my strengths? Does this offense play to your strengths? Oh no, absolutely. I think Coach Barbe's done a really good job, but I think it's a credit to Coach Barbe. I think he's done a really good job of you know seeing the personnel that we have here at Mississippi State with this team and this offense. And I think Coach Barbe's done a really good job of you know kind of. You know, finding ways to get our best players the ball, you know, whether it be, you know, jet motion, you know, taking a shot downfield, you know, getting into the right drop back pass. Uh, you know, I think he's done a really, really good job of, you know, you know, seeing our strengths and then, you know, you know, putting in his offense based off our strengths. Kind of a broad question. What is the biggest difference between the system that you were running and, and this new one with Barbeck? 
I'd probably say terminology. Uh, you know, with Coach Leach, it was kind of like, you know, Ace 95, you know, that's our, that's our play. You know, now it, it's going to be a, a whole sentence, you know, for our play. So, you know, I had to, I had to really, you know, uh, dedicate myself and, you know, really, really learn the terminology. Uh, you know, the, all the West Coast, you know, the pro terminology, it's, it's all in the NFL. So, you know, I spent a lot of my time, you know, you know, January, February, March, you know, just learning that. So that was probably the biggest, the biggest transformation for me. For you, you know, tight ends in this offense, two backs sometimes. Mm-hmm. In, 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 when's the last time you took a snap under center? Uh, I've taken one snap or before spring ball. Right. You know, we did some spring ball. Uh, but before that, I've taken one snap under center in high school, and it was to QB sneak out of my own end zone. <laughs> I made the comment earlier today. It's like Mississippi State hasn't taken a snap under center since Dan Mullen left. I mean, that was 2017. Yeah, Moorhead didn't do it either. Yeah, when I was getting recruited by Coach Moorhead, they were telling me, like, we'll do – I mean, we'll knee from shotgun. Yeah. So, yeah. How long does it take you to learn how to do that? I mean, it, it seems simple, right? But is it as simple as just taking the ball? I mean, you can't you – can't, learn how to perfectly do it in you know five minutes you know it's something yeah. that'll it'll take a little it takes reps you know but you know once you do it i mean it, it's not it's not rocket science here because i played quarterback in middle school yeah and i couldn't high school I, 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 I dropped the snap all the time and, and my coach was like why why can't you do this and like, that's why so they moved easy. him to guard and, well, you, you well can't i played be linebacker <laughs> yeah the top linebacker you can't, be, to can't be shy now you gotta get up under there <laughs> you gotta be you gotta have an intimate relationship you with will your be center. really really close with your center so cole smith our our center yeah he, uh, first time we're taking under center snaps in spring ball he goes hey Last person up under there was Joe Burrow. You got, you got a, lot, <laughs> I had a lot to live up to. You got some big shoes to fill. I said, "Yeah, I hope I have a season like he did." <laughs> I think Mississippi State would take that. I'll just be, I'll be honest with you. When you look at this team, and I was talking to, to Woody about this, about expectations, they're not high for Mississippi State outside of y'all's locker room. I'm sure you guys have high expectations. It, 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 I think sometimes it gets overblown. The idea of oh, well, the media say that we'll put a chip on our shoulder. You guys don't hear that noise, do you? Nah, and you know, with all due respect to you know you guys, and, oh, we don't, you know, we don't deserve any respect whatsoever. Well, no, seriously, no. I mean, respectable to the outside world and things like that. Uh, you know, the only thing we care about is the guys in that locker room and in that building. You know, we don't we don't care what a whole lot of other people say. And uh, you know, I think that's one of the strengths of our team. You know, we're 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 a veteran team with a lot of guys that have played a lot of football. So you know, we understand that we're kind of going to be slept on every single year so we kind of just let that you know roll off our back and uh you know but at the same time we do hear it and you know we do we we want to play with a chip on our shoulder at mississippi state you know we think that's what makes us special and you know uh you we think that that makes us tough to beat on saturdays we think so you mentioned the veteran uh nature of your team but you do have some portal guys uh, as well what do you do as a leader when a guy comes in via transfer portal, not a typical recruit, a freshman, it's a guy that's played college football for a while. Do you not give them special attention, but what's that transition for them like when they enter your locker room? Do you do anything different to kind of make them acclimate into your yeah. team as part of your team? What's that like? Yeah, I mean, it's different, man. You know, when I came in here, you know, the transfer portal was a thing, but it definitely wasn't as big as it is now. So, no, like my sophomore year, you know, I'm trying to show freshmen how we do things at Mississippi State. Well, now I'm trying to show guys my age how we do things at mississippi state so i mean it's been a it's been a different challenge but you know i think you know as a leader whether it be myself or you know crummity woody Buki, jet whoever it may be you know i think you just kind of have to you know lead by example uh you know you don't have to always kind of talk and you know get on guys 
like that, you know, I think you can just kind of lead by example and just show them how we do things at Mississippi State and how we work. When you go back to last season, how, how important was that Egg Bowl win? I mean, it's the it's the biggest win that I've had at Mississippi State probably, uh, not statistically or anything like that, but, you know, anytime you can beat your arch rival at their place, it's, it's, a, it's a huge win. So, uh, you know, we've won once in the last three years, so – um, you know, obviously not the record we want against those guys, but, you know, to, to end the season like that and to, to get a win by any means necessary was, was huge for our program. You have a, a very interesting schedule this year. Eight home games, so that's great. Mm-hmm. And then, But the four road games are what guys like us would call toss-up games. South Carolina, Texas A&M, okay. Arkansas, Auburn. You've had success against those teams. You beat Arkansas mm-hmm. last year. You've beaten A&M twice, beaten Auburn twice in a row. But those are tough games to win on the road. When you look at this schedule and you think about it week to week, are, are are you excited about the opportunities there, or do you think, man, this is going to be a difficult challenge? Or is it a little both? No, man, I think you have to be excited about that. You know, I mean, I think I was telling somebody the other day, it might have been Chris Parson, our freshman quarterback, who's a really, really good player. He's going to be a great player someday. But I was telling him, I think good teams can win at home. Mm-hmm. I think great teams can go on the road mm-hmm. and beat the same team that they beat at home, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, you have to be able to play anywhere, anytime. You know, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, great teams find a way to do it on the road. So, you know, that's obviously going to be a huge challenge for, um, you know, our team this year. And, you know, like I said, eight home games for us, that's that's incredible. But, you know, to be able to go steal a few on the road, maybe like some of y'all would say the toss-up or whatever. Right. But, uh, you know, we're looking forward to those games. On that note, veteran player, obviously, played in a bunch of road environments. What's the most difficult road game you've played so far? Uh Difficult from like a hearing atmosphere, yeah, noise. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, I think A and M, man. You know, really? I, I think LSU was great. You know, tremendous atmosphere, and we we ended up losing that game. But you know, uh, I think Texas A and M, my sophomore year. I mean, I think you talked to Woody and some of the guys that were on the field. You know, in that last last drive or two, and I mean, you could. I mean, I remember yelling the play at Woody from me to you, yeah. yelling, and I he couldn't hear me. Uh, How do you operate offense when it's like that? I mean, what do I, you do? I had to signal him to play for me. No way. Yeah. Oh, That's wow. crazy. So it's it's something – I mean, when you're out there, you're not really thinking about it because you're so just – I mean, you're adrenaline pumping. You're thinking about the game, thinking about the play. But, you know, looking back on it, I was just like, man, I could not hear a dang thing. <laughs> Will, I know I know the answer before because I know you. And if I ask you about records – you're going to say the only record I care about is win-loss. Mm-hmm. But you know as well as I do that you have a great chance to become the all-time leading passer in the mm-hmm. Southeastern Conference, which I talked about that earlier. What a thing. Imagine saying that five years ago mm-hmm. and thinking that um, not just you, but a Mississippi State quarterback was going to be the all-time leading passer in the SEC. It's just, it was unheard of. Mm-hmm. Does that record hold some meaning for you? Do you want that record? Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, I think if I got up here in front of you and say I didn't want it, I'd be lying through my teeth. Uh, but I was expecting the, the coach speak, though. I was expecting, no, I, oh, it doesn't matter. And, you know. I mean, my dad told me a long time ago, with uh, team success, individual success will come. So, you know, I think if we go out there and we compete every single every single week, week in and week out, then, you know, records will come and other things will come. Uh, but, you know, I think my job is to, you know, get this team ready to play every single week. So that's my job as quarterback. If we go out there. Uh, and go one and zero every single week. I've done my job as a quarterback. That was good, Coach Big. There, one one and zero every single week. Nailed that part. Very, very good. Will Rogers, Mississippi State quarterback, like I said, likely to be the all-time leading passer in SEC history when we get to November. 
uh, and, and the Egg Bowl. Thanks so much for talking to me. I know you're enjoying yourself here in Nashville at Media Days. The face of the program, QB1. Thanks for joining me. appreciate you guys. Thank you all. All right, we'll be back in just a minute here on Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, now. now. Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. You can find them online at visitoxfordms.com. Be sure to follow them on all of their social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at visitoxfordms. Visit Oxford was part of the consortium of SEC towns that uh, provided a, a snack. I mean, you should have seen the media members de- uh, descending. That's two days in a row on the snack carts. It is like moths to a flame. Yeah, or more it's- like more like vultures to a carcass. <laughs> oh my goodness! If you want to get the media's attention, some free food will do it. Yeah, they uh, also are involved uh, with the Nashville Convention and Visitors Bureau putting on the concert. That hopefully the weather is not going to mess up tonight down on Broadway. We've got more interviews coming up for you as we continue on Sports Talk Mississippi. Our coverage of SEC Football Media Days is brought to you by Genteel. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. So you've heard from Zach Arnett. You've heard from Will Rogers. Time to hear from Mississippi State running back Woody Martz as we continue our coverage from SEC Media Days. All guests appearing on the Farm Bureau guest line. SEC Media Days here, Sports Talk Mississippi. We are, of course, sponsored by our good friends at Genteel Apparel. Man who doesn't need any apparel uh, suggestions. Today. Looking good today. Woody Marks, Mississippi State running back. Not exactly, you know, the thing to talk about at Mississippi State the past couple of years. Are you ready to be a running back this year? Yeah, I'm ready to be a running back. Ready, ready to see maybe 15, 20 carries a game? Yeah, most definitely. When's the last time you had high school? Yeah, probably high school. Do you know what you're – how many was – what was the most carries you ever had in a game in high school? Uh, Probably like 17, 18. Really? So not – you yeah. didn't didn't have the, the big 40 carry? They're like, we got to ride Woody Marks to victory here? Nah, he, he I got you. We ain't getting in a dirt like that. I got you. I got you. I got in trouble with, with Coach Arnett because I made the comment. I said, oh, the offense is going to be different. It's going to be so different. He was just like, it's, it's really not that different. So you tell me, is it really not that different? I say like um, all offense and – NFL, all offense the same. It's just different formations, different calls, call it different. It's a lot more. Is, is it a lot more under center this year, or is it just under center this year? Uh, you have a little, little time up the center. Okay. You in the past couple of years, you've been part of sort of a dynamic duo. You you and Dylan Johnson. He's he's off. He's at the University of Washington now. But they bring in Kevon Lee. Can y'all still have that kind of same partnership that you and Dylan had? Yeah, I think. Um, I think we were pretty tight this year. Like our whole group pretty tight coming in with Seth Davis, Jeff Pittman, and Kevon mm-hmm. all coming in. I think we all tight with Simeon. 
Yeah, it's funny. You think about Mississippi State the past few years, and there's been so much depth in the receiver room, you know, 10, 11 guys there. But this year, like you just sort of said, there's there's five or six guys in that running back room that can all see carries this year. And I look, you know, you look at the stats for Kevin Barbe's offense in the years past. He's got no problem, you know, rotating running backs and all that. It's a good thing in that you know you're going to be able to stay fresh and, and you, you know you're going to be able to uh, to rotate guys in and out. Do you think you have three, four guys there that can all make that kind of contribution? Yeah, most definitely. I think I, we got the we got the best group on the offense. Um, we can play any any one of us on the field. We can contribute good to the offense. I'm talking to Woody Marks here at SEC Media Days. One of the weirdest stats in, in the history of college football is going to happen probably in game two for you. Because you, with your ninth catch of the season, you will become Mississippi State's all-time leading receiver. Not not a, not all-time leading receiver as a running back. All-time leading receiver. More than Fred Ross, more than Eric Moulds, more than all those guys. Do you ever think about that? It's like it's a little weird, isn't it? Yeah. I thought I thought about it a lot um, since coming back from last year. I was looking I thought you were going to get it last year. Yeah, I, I was trying to get it last year. <laughs> <laughs> you got to tell Willem the Huff and be like, I'm open. Yeah. You know, I always said this last year, man, and the last couple years I said, if they would look at the check down first, you would score like 50 touchdowns a game. Because it's coming out of the backfield, I was like, they're open. Yeah. Just dump it off to them and let Line, them go. Linebackers get out of there. They get out of you yeah. faster, though. Yeah. That's something that, you know, you go back to your freshman year. I mean, you, you would take a lot of hits because the check downs would come and there would just be guys there. Mm-hmm. And it seems like Will has gotten a lot better of getting through those progressions. This year, what do you expect to see from from your quarterback? Uh, I expect to see, I'll probably say, more running from him. Really? Yeah. From Will Rogers? No, I'm not talking about Mike Wright. We're talking about Will Rogers. I'm talking about Will Rogers. Okay. Yeah. He got some legs on him. This is breaking news. We are, we are, nobody was expecting to hear this today on Sports Talk Mississippi. Will Rogers, I'm going to, I have to talk to Will. I'm going to ask him about this. So, if he's the runner, then what role is Mike going to play for you guys? The runner, too. Okay. Yeah. So, they're running. You're running. Kevon Lee's running. Pittman's running. Davis's running. Who's catching? Tulu Griffin. Okay. Yeah, all them receivers. Tulu is the guy that, you know, I think he's such a key player for y'all because of what he gives you in the return game. I think between him and Xavion, State has the, the two best return men in the country. And I used to do a little returning. Why are you not in the, involved in that anymore? Them guys. They just, they just took it away from yeah, you? them guys right there. <laughs> Mississippi State, I mean, this year, you know, people around, uh, the, the other media, not me, not me, don't, yeah. don't look at me when, when, when we talk about this, but the expectations are not high for Mississippi State this year. I think a lot of that is because with Zach Arnett being in his first year, people don't know him as well. I think part of that is Mississippi State has a, 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 an old perception of they're just Mississippi State, but every year Mississippi State overachieves. Do, do y'all ever take that into consideration? Is, or do y'all ever look at the media and go, those guys don't know what they were talking about. We're going to prove them wrong again. We really don't look at it. Yeah. So we know we're underdogs. So we always got to come out with that demeanor. And we finna go out there every week. We, we have to ask about Coach Leach because, you know, it's still, it's still a fresh wound for those of us who live in Starkville. You know, when you think about this season coming up, the, the, the comment I've been making is what is Zach Arnett would say, Coach Leach might be gone, but he's not gone from the program. The things that he taught you will remain forever. Is that is that a, an accurate statement where you say he may not be there, but he is the things he taught me still remain? Yeah, probably like probably like in the spring when we was practicing, everybody, wow, 
Chip did something Leaks was talking about Yeah He'd probably bring up A story or something Yeah Some crazy story He'd talk about it in practice You gotta give one I know you got yeah. a leak story I'll probably say One time we was practicing And I looked over He was pulling the sandwich Out of his pocket And then he had some apples He had so much stuff In his pockets I'm like wow This is why He's a dad That's why we wear cargo shorts Yeah he wore cargo shorts that, a lot You, that you yeah. need the space <laughs> yeah. you, know, you never know Where you gotta have a sandwich Just laying yeah. around there So if you could keep something in your in your football pants in the middle of the game, what would you want to pull out? Uh, what's what's your snack of choice? Some Skittles. Skittles. Yeah, I'm a Skittles guy. Yeah, I like. Skittles. I have an OCD with Skittles though. Mm -hmm. I have to eat them by color. I cannot mix my Skittles. I don't like purple. Don't. That's my favorite one. I don't like purple. I go. I go green, yellow, orange, red, purple. Yeah, I don't like baby blue either. I haven't. There's baby blue now. Yeah, it's baby blue. See, I was really mad when Skittles went from a uh, lime to green apple. I did not yeah. like green apple. I was glad they went back to. Lime. So if you and I ever hang out, and we've got Skittles. You're saying I can get the purple ones. Yeah. What's your favorite one? The red. All right, you're good. We're yeah. good. We make we make it happen then. Yeah. I like that. Woody, when you think about the, you know, this is likely your last year, Mississippi State. You have another year of, of eligibility because everybody has another year of eligibility. I think I might have another year of eligibility <laughs> at Mississippi State, but. Your career at Mississippi State has been one of – it's been very interesting. You've put up great numbers. You've been one of the top all-purpose backs in the country these past couple of years. Do you feel like now that in this new offense, this is finally your chance to shine and say, I belong in the discussion with the best running backs in the country? Yeah, I belong in the discussion from day one. Mm -hmm. um, just, put, just put it out there. We're going to run the ball and still catch the ball at the backfield. But the numbers should change from – Looking at Coach Barbet, his offense, and what he did with the running backs, their number is changing so tremendously. So I'm still catching the ball at the backfield. Of, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. I always I always think back. You won't remember this, obviously, but there was a time when Mississippi State was really, really conservative on offense, and then they brought in Coach Mullen. The first play of the Coach Mullen era was a double reverse pass. And I just think he did it to show the fans we're going to be a little different. I feel like there is almost no question in my mind, unless something weird happens, the first play of the Zach Arnett and Kevin Barbe era is going to be a handoff to Woody Marks. Uh, think about it. I think that's kind of similar. We did in the spring. Yeah. Uh, we did the reverse to Tulu. Yeah. For a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I also, I need to talk to you about Tulu Griffin's uh, ability as a passer. Because mm -hmm. it doesn't look like it's very good. <laughs> he did. Oh, he threw a pass. The spring throw. game was it was not good. He can throw. Now. He can throw. Yeah. I think we. we if I, we're think, gonna, I, I think, think if State's going to go the half pack, half back pass route, that needs to be you. No, I ain't throwing. You that. don't throw. No. I'll, I. You know what? I'm not deep. I appreciate a man that knows his limitations. Yeah. I, that's, <laughs> that's that's part of maturity. Mm -hmm. So one last thing before we let you go, Woody. You know, being here at SEC Media Days a year ago, a running back would not have made this trip because you know. Just that's the air raid, and then nobody nobody thinks about the running backs in the air raid. Even though you and Dylan have had great seasons and you've had a great career at Mississippi State, you know, are you ready to be not just a great player for Mississippi State, but become a face of Mississippi State football? Yeah, I'm ready. Um, I've been ready. Um, I'm ready to take that stage, yeah. be the face of the running back room, the team with me and Will, as me in the offense, the quarterback, I'm the running back. Running things in the backfield. Yeah. I feel like people have been sleeping on you for the past couple of years. They're going to find out this year. Is that right? Yeah, they've been sleeping. All right. Yeah. Woody Marks, Mississippi State University running back. He's poised for a big season here in Starville. I'm looking forward to it with, with him. 
We'll be back here. we got a lot more coverage from SEC Media Days here in Nashville, Tennessee. Back after this. Yourself. More Sports Talk Mississippi. Now. now. Sports Talk Mississippi and SEC Media Days in Nashville. Jaden Crumedy, defensive lineman from Mississippi State, joins us right now. A large man sitting between Brian Haydad and uh, myself. And uh, how's the experience been? I know we're still kind of early in the day and there's a lot going on. Is this fun for you? Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Uh, we're doing it last year and doing it this year. You know, it's, it's always a great time to come out and, uh, you know, talk a little bit. I hate to be the fashion guy, but I got to ask you about these. So Mississippi State earlier today said there were some custom shoes that were being made mm-hmm. for you guys to wear at Media Days. You've got the, uh, the maroon and white Adidas. Uh, those are pretty cool, huh? Yes, I appreciate it. You uh, are you a sneakers guy all the time? Nah, my wife she want she want me to get into it, but I just can't. No. <laughs> well, you may have some disposable income a year from now mm-hmm. if you want to get into the sneaker game because I, I hear that can be kind of an expensive hobby. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Speaking of that, you know, I talked to you last year here at Media Days. Mm-hmm. I would never have guessed I was going to talk to you again. I figured you'd be off to the NFL. Talk us through the uh, the process of the decision to come back to Mississippi State for another year. Uh, so with me. Um, so it really just came from me talking to my wife uh, and talking to my mother and, you know, just going about uh, thinking about my health and uh, with my recovery, with my wrists and things like that. So I just made it to the point where uh, I just felt like I needed another year and to see how uh, how, how how I would be with the season. And, yeah. Did, did you talk with NFL people to get an idea of, kind of where they projected you in the draft process and feel like maybe you could improve your stock? Uh, not really just, uh, you know, face-to-face or, you know, text, talking to them, but, like, things that I've heard. But, yeah, that, that uh, had a, a factor on it, too. When, when you think about the legacy of defensive linemen at Mississippi State, and obviously Fletcher Cox is at the top of that list, and then you got Chris Jones there and, and, I'm, and Jeff Simmons with, with what he's done, does it feel like there is um, – I don't know if pressure is the right word, but there's kind of a standard for for playing on the defensive line at Mississippi State, and so you, you got to pull your weight. Yeah, I do feel like it's a standard. Uh, we're having those great guys come through Mississippi State, and you know, uh, with me uh, getting the number ninety four as well. Um, oh. I mean, it's a it's a it's a big uh, it's a big uh, you know responsibility, and I feel like I'm I'm doing a great job and putting in the work to you know fulfill that. Yeah, you know, last season had to be so disappointing for you in terms yeah. of the injury and kept you out for so long. But if you watch Mississippi State defensively when you weren't in versus when you were in, mm-hmm. there's a big difference. Yes, sir. And, you know, when you look at it, the chance of having a full, healthy season this year, you know, what's what's the ceiling for you this year? Can you be an all-SEC guy? Can you be an all-American? Yes, sir. No difference. Okay. I like the confidence. <laughs> I like the confidence. I think Mississippi State fans would tell you that right now they would take Jaden Crumedy all-American season. For sure, for sure. What do you have to do on the field to get to that point? Uh, really, uh, keep keep progressing the uh, pass rushing. 
maintain my um you know run block well when I'm getting run block uh and just getting um just pushing the uh pushing the pocket uh getting sacks you know getting tackles in the uh, backfield and just showing what I can do really. Jane, I don't know that the people have really talked about it publicly. Um, from a player's perspective, mm-hmm. Coach Leach, his passing a year ago, what was it like for you guys in the locker room to, to lose your leader, uh, to lose a unique football coach? I mean, we, we heard tributes from all over the place, from, from coaches and people who had worked with him and media people, but I don't know if we heard that much from, from current players. Mm-hmm. So uh, with me, uh, I would say um, some people were down, you know, but uh, it, you always have to be the uh, the one you know to to pick other pick others up uh, whenever they're down and make sure that they know that everything's gonna be all right. And I just feel like we have done a great job, you know, going forward. Um, I mean, not forgetting about him, but you know, he's always living with us. Yeah. But like, I just feel like we 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 have gone like gone farther and and progressed, and I just feel like we're going good right now. When you're on the defensive side and he's an offensive guy, and I, we just talked to Coach Arnett a second ago about he let the defense be, be Zach's. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that was it, period. Do you feel like you had to go introduce yourself to him? Like, hey, Coach, I'm Jaden. I play on the defensive side. We're, we're the other half of the team. <laughs> nah, I ain't feel like that because uh, with me, like, he always knew my name and stuff, but he'll still call, call me Cromedy. <laughs> Cromedy? That sounds about right. That sounds uh, about right. All right. Uh, in terms of now, seven, six and a half weeks uh, until uh, the start of the season, what's got to happen in terms of being ready, uh, not just for you individually, but for the team? Uh, just to just to keep uh, going forward, you know, uh, pushing each other, uh, making sure everyone know, everyone knows what to do and how to do it, um, and really just uh, just to stay focused. Do you love camp or do you hate camp? Whew. I mean, I maybe it. maybe that says it all. Whatever right you say after that woo is a I hate camp. I mean, I love it to an extent where you know what I'm saying. Uh, I mean, it's fun and stuff, but at the same time, it's long. It's long days and stuff, and long hours, and so it kind of gets tiring sometimes. So yeah, we wish you the best. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Jade. Jaden Cromedy, defensive lineman at Mississippi State. More coming up after this on Sports Talk Mississippi. Here comes more Sports Talk Mississippi. You ready, guys? On Super Talk Mississippi. This Tuesday, it's SEC Media Days coming to you live from Radio Row inside the Grand Hyatt in downtown Nashville on Broadway. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, and Michael Borky in the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort uh, is the home of two 18-hole championship golf courses at Dancing Rabbit, the Oaks, and the Azaleas. You can book your tee time online, plan your trip at DancingRabbitGolf.com. That's DancingRabbitGolf.com. 
Gmail.com. Love to hear from you on the C Spire text line at 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business. You can learn more online at cspire.com slash business. Our coverage of SEC Media Days is brought to you by Genteel. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi, whether it's the golf shirts or the pullovers, the pants, the shorts, the swimming trunks with that uh, patented escape hatch technology. Yeah. Whatever it is that you are looking for, they've got you covered at Genteel Have I got? I haven't gotten my first royalty check for that yet. No, it's, uh, it's, uh, in it's in the, the mail. In the trademark office. Yeah, yeah. Uh, GentileApparel.com or men's specialty stores all across the state of Mississippi. So we've got more interviews coming up for you as we have had some great conversations with folks throughout the course of the day here at SEC Media Days. In this 5 o'clock hour, we've got a conversation coming up with Zach Selman, the athletics director at Mississippi State. Also, Cole Kublik from the SEC Network, ESPN, and Jocks in Birmingham hosting a uh, radio show there. Um, Cole was uh, he was full of himself. That's a uh, fun conversation that is uh, is coming up. But first, as we do every single day, just after five o'clock, it is time for the college football fix. That music reminds me. Later this week, we'll have a conversation with you uh, with Gary Danielson. Who was really good today? Yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, I enjoyed that visit a lot, and uh, we'll have that coming up for you a little bit later on. The college football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford tough. You can test drive one today at your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Back by popular demand, I think. It's best the, segment of the year. It is the 2023 college football all-name team. Yeah. All-name team. We always have fun with these. We are certainly in list season and in talking season, and uh, this is one of the ones that makes us laugh. So we will start on the offensive side of the ball. Your first-team offense at quarterback on the all-name team, General Booty at Oklahoma. At uh, the running back spot, we have... Cavassier Smoke. One of my favorites. I, I, formerly a Kentucky Wildcat, now I, a Colorado Buffalo. I laugh every time I hear General Booty. Uh, wide receivers, uh, Dakotas Crawford yeah. at uh, Louisiana Tech. He's been around for a while. I was saying to you guys a second ago when we were looking at this list that some of these guys are, are about to cycle off. We're, yeah, we're, we're about to get some new names. Some names. Yeah. Uh, Derealist Clark at Defiance College. I don't remember him. So making perhaps his debut on the all-name team list. How do you shut down the coldest and the realest? I don't know. Uh, maybe you put, well. We'll uh, get to them in a minute. Yeah, we'll get to the DBs in, in a bit. Uh, Fat Watts at Tulane. Fat with a PH. With a PH. Yeah. That like means he, Crawford. he's a cool. Yes. <laughs> uh, the tight end goes to FIU. His name, Rowdy Beers. I'm already Rowdy looking Beers. at the next day. The offense. I'm just going to start laughing now. I remember when he committed, when FAU announced yeah. or FIU announced his commitment. They were like, "Yes, it's and a real yeah. guy. Yes. It's him. Yes. Like, we're not trolling." Who's next? Your uh, your offensive <laughs> linemen come from Ohio, Auburn, yeah. Iowa State, UNLV, and Charlotte. Yeah, their, their names are <laughs> Parker Titsworth, Jaden Muskrat. Dodge Saucer, Tiger Shanks, and <laughs> Tiger pa- Shanks, and Panda Askew. 
It's a skew. You know, it's like it's a skew. It's just a little bit off. Askew. Askew, yeah. Uh, first well, team. First, first, <laughs> stop laughing. Do we, do we just want to stick with the offense and give you the honorable mentions? Yeah, okay. yeah, let's do that. Well, we'll stay on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, honorable mentions. A couple of uh, running backs. Nemo Squire from East Carolina. All right, good luck. Uh, Javinsky Schlinbaker from uh, Wazoo. Nailed it. And by the way, that's a D before the J-O-U-Vinsky. The D is silent. I'm just yeah. assuming. Yeah. I'm just assuming. I don't think he's Dijovinsky. Uh, we've got another Beers, the uh, tight end from Air Force. He's Rocky Beers. Surely. Surely. You think Rocky, Rocky and Rowdy, and Rowdy are, are brothers. They have got to be. Google it, Borky. They've got to be. Uh, wide receivers. Got uh, three of them. Squirrel White at Tennessee. <laughs> Great name. Aju, Aju. Bless you. At uh, USF. And uh, Bobby Curry. Uh, I'm sorry, Booby Curry. Yeah, I would say Bobby Curry doesn't get on this list. That's, that's kind of his name. Yeah, Booby Curry, Curry at uh, Buffalo. At UAB. Uh, and these are the rest of our offensive linemen. These are good ones. These next two are going to be tough, buddy. Uh, Tater Reed at UAB. Oh, not him. The next two. Uh, Snoop Leota Amama at Virginia. There was an extra A in there. And uh, this is the What's one. What's he going to do? He's Samoan. They, they're brothers. They are brothers. Rowdy. Yes, Rowdy they had brothers. to be. Shout out to Mr. and Mrs. Beers. You're cool parents. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Uh, they just decided it's like we might as well leave. I want to know what these names. We got to continue the Google. Go to like one of their personal. But I want to know what Mr. Beers' name is. Please be something like frothy or something. Um, offensive lineman from Oregon, <laughs> Malasala Omave Laulu. That's Hawaii's way. I'm sorry. All right. Uh, you've also got Juice Scruggs from Penn State. That's Wing Green from Georgia Tech. Wing. Hans Hammer at uh, Virginia Tech. And Isaiah Bullardick at Charlotte. <laughs> Why? Why? Why am I on this segment? I, you know, special teams just for fun of it. The kicker is Colton Boomer from UCF. All right. I mean, of course it is. Yeah. And the punter from uh, Syracuse is Maximilian von Marburg. If I told you that the plot of the new Justice League movie is they have to defeat Maximilian von Marburg, would you not believe me? Yes, I would. I, he, I don't even know what you're talking about, but I would. He and Arkansas reliever Zebulon Vermillion, mm. great movie villains. That's right. All right, let's go to the uh, to the defensive side of the ball. We always have fun with this. These are the uh, uh, the all name team for uh, for college football going into twenty twenty three. Your defensive lineman Octavius Oxendine from Kentucky. Okay, that's even uh, not that's pretty tame. Uh, yeah. Fish McWilliams from UAB, Fish. and uh, Shitta Silla from Boston <laughs> College. Ashley's ears just perked up. The uh, the linebackers. What do you say? The linebackers' memorable factor from Duke. That sounds like a name for a Kentucky Derby horse. If you told me that memorable factor won by a length, I would totally believe you. Uh, Chief Borders at Nebraska. Okay. Looks like they're running a uh, three-two-six defensive formation. In today's got... college football, you've got to be able to stop the pass. Ah, uh, okay. This guy's in the transfer portal, still looking for a home. And if you can't get a Texas. home, if you can't get a home with a is name, this his real name? Real this name. is supposed to be real, right? This is real. If Go you ahead. can't get a spot with a name like Mobility <laughs> as a defensive back in college football, <laughs> what are your strengths? Uh, in the name, Coach. I'm, yeah. fl- I'm flexible. Yeah. Here's the first player I actually know. Wouldn't it be so sad if this was, if it was, was actually mobility? 
I think if it's mobility, he doesn't deserve to be on this list. Uh, the defensive back uh, continuing, Kool-Aid McKinstry at Alabama. He's a first-team All-SEC That guy. answers a question of mine, too. So Yeah, it's a nickname. It's not so, right. so, yeah, we got some issues here. Uh, Pig Cage from UTSA. Pig Cage. Pig Cage. I want you to call a UTSA game so badly. and There's I want, a chance. And I want Pig Cage to have 25 tackles. They play in the American. I want, I want you to have to keep that. Pig Cage again. Storm Duck at Louisville. He's been around. For He's a been while. around. He is a veteran of this of this list. This is ho hum to be first team all defense. Major Burns from LSU. That's a terrible name for a DB though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, Dude Person <laughs> at Central Arkansas. <laughs> That's like your generic NBA 2K creative player. A dude person. I put him on the Hornets. Uh, some of the honorable mention guys from the defensive side: Tonka Hemingway at South Carolina. Yeah. Meatball Smith <laughs> at Sam Houston. I didn't see that. Former Ole Miss defensive lineman turned Charlotte 49er, Damon Clowney, or Demon. Uh, defensive lineman Blazon Lono Wong from Arizona State. The linebackers are Steel Chambers at Ohio State. New Zealand Williams at <laughs> San Diego New State. New Zealand. Hot Rod Fitton at South Carolina. It says Hot Rid. I'm just choosing to uh, believe that's a typo. I hope it's not. Hot Rid Fitton. <laughs> and Charlotte. Yeah. Another one, uh, linebacker Stone Handy. Yeah. North Carolina linebacker Power Eccles. Uh, Pitt linebacker Servosia Dennis. Sure. Tell me how Comanche Francisco is not a first-team defensive back. By the way, this defense is a 4-6-3. Okay. Can you get away with that? No. Maybe Alabama can. Yeah, they could. Uh, Buck Coors at Wyoming. And finally, the defensive back from Arizona, Ephesians Prisak. Real quick, Dollar Bill Johnson, Tulu Griffin, robbed. Robbed here. Especially Dollar Bill. Yeah. Our coverage from SEC Media Days continues after this in the Pearl River Resort Studios. It's all brought to you by Genteel Apparel, the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Coming up next, we'll visit with Zach Selman, the Athletics Director at Mississippi State. That's when we come back. Here we go. Sports Talk Mississippi. Here's more. Super Talk Mississippi. SEC Media Days, this is Radio Row in Nashville, Tennessee. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, and now the Athletics Director at Mississippi State. So for most schools, it's a head football coach and three football players. We see media members floating around all over the place, but uh, an Athletics Director here today as well. Zach Selman, kind to be back with us again, and uh, you decided to come and just check it out, right? Yeah, check it out. You know, uh, have never been to the SEC Media Day and uh, want to get up here and support our guys and just take it all in. So it's been really cool, but really good to be with you guys today. First impression from kind of walking through and, and seeing this event, it's a, a little bit of a circus. Yeah, it's a little bit like Mardi Gras, the circus all over the place and uh, a lot of moving parts. But I think it shows like in everything that you've experienced with the SEC, I guess the last time we were in Nashville was for uh, the men's basketball championship or tournament. And feel like there's just more stuff that's going on you know the crowds are a little bit bigger there's more passion uh and that's what's really cool i think that's what drives so many people co great coaches to this league yeah, you're obviously a, a young guy for the position that that you are in but i feel like 
given your career path, and we've talked in the past about working with, with Bubba and with Joe, that this was something that you were working toward. So when you get to a spot where you are in that chair in the SEC at 37 years old, does it feel like you belong? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, in life it's always a growth. Like you're always trying to figure it out. How can you grow all of that? I think I've been uh, prepared, and I'm so thankful for uh, both of the guys you mentioned, Bub and Joe, to prepare me. Uh, there is a big difference, I think, mentally when it comes to making recommendations uh, versus making decisions. And I think I've been able to, to train myself over the years, though, and have enough scenarios that, that Joe and, and Bubba both saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. It's never been about, like, I want to just be an AD. It's always been about, like, I want to go uh, work for a great person and that checks the box big time at Mississippi State because we've got the best uh, college president in America, Dr. Keenan. But also you want to go to a place where you can make an impact. And in Mississippi State, there's a lot of great momentum that we have going on. Uh, so continue to learn, but I continue to, to rely on my network all the time of, uh, hey, what would you do in this situation? But never a dull moment. I know you're an avid listener of the Thunder and Lightning every, podcast. Every day. I appreciate that, Zach. I actually go to bed listening to it. Like, that's how much I love you. Man, that's great. It's the this thing that puts him to sleep <laughs> faster than anything else. Hey, Dad, so every so night. Here we so go. you know that I have been pounding the table for the past few months about state scripts, about branding as state. And so yesterday we see the reveal. I thought the uniforms looked great. I thought the helmet looks fantastic. Talk us through the process of a logo change. Yeah, and, and would it be clear, we the primary mark of, of campus or of institution is still uh, the same mark. You know, we wanted to look at our, our secondary marks and uh, how we can continue to evolve. If you look at the history of, of our marks, it's changed quite a bit. Uh, and wanted to listen to our student athletes, wanted to listen to our stakeholders, our fans, and then also clearly work with our apparel partners, and specifically in this case, Adidas, what we can do to make sure uh, we honor the history, we honor the tradition, um, but also make sure that we're uh, nationally relevant to the, the people we're trying to recruit, we're trying to bring to Starkville, Mississippi. So I think our team, it was a collaborative effort. Really appreciate everybody on campus being on board. Um, they're really excited about what we can continue to do. You should have seen the ditty that he did yesterday. I, really when it, I mean, he was up, you know. I was fist pumped. Heel clicking and the whole deal. We almost had Brian come be the model of the jersey, but – he, he, didn't have one big he, enough. he sent me straight to voicemail. <laughs> well, I'm here to tell you, I know there's one that fits me. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see him? Did you see the picture? No. Oh, I'll, 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 oh. after we get done, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll show you that. So, yeah. so Palmer Home Radio Fund, which is the charity that Super Talk Mississippi supports, we made a season-long bet a year ago, and it was cumulative wins versus losses for Ole Miss and Mississippi State. So who do you think won that? State had a good year last year. And uh, so I spent the first hour of the show in a state football jersey. Second hour of the show in a basketball good. jersey. Yeah. And then the uh, third hour I, in, a, in a baseball jersey. Didn't it feel good? I'm, I'm telling you, he looks so natural, too. He just needs to just come on over. We, we could use yeah. your money, too. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> we, we got a place for that. Speaking of myths, yeah, we got a few of those floating around. So let me ask you this about, about Scripps State and State, NC State, Michigan State, Arizona. There's a lot of states out there. Can Mississippi State brand itself as state? Yeah, there's some challenges that come along with that. You know, when you look at the, the trademarking of it, uh, for us it's going to be a, an evolution of how we get there. And, it's, again, we're, we'll have to work with a lot of different people. I think for us it's how do we tell our story better. There's a great story of Mississippi State. When you look at the players, I look at, you know, just watching the Super Bowl this year, how many of our guys are playing in that game. When you look at what we've been able to do in basketball across the board, 
uh, you, there's a there's a great story to tell there. So I think the the state script is part of that, part of the evolution of the way the games change, the way the players uh, play differently now, the way that we train differently. No different than how how we uh, maximize and utilize our marks. So we'll constantly work at it and understand. Look, we understand the national uh, landscape, what the other things are, but the best teams, the best organizations will always be inside out. And that's how we'll look at this. We'll make sure that we're taking care of Mississippi State, and uh, we'll see where the chips fall from there. You mentioned a second ago, kind of, kind of struck me when you said that, a little bit different being in um, an advisory role than a decision-making role, when, when ultimately the decision is yours. Um, I know when you came in, you knew that baseball was a big deal at Mississippi State. My guess is seeing it up close and personal, you, you, it went to a different level uh, in terms of understanding that. I'm just curious about the evaluation process that, that you had to go through at the end of the season to, to say that, look, Chris Lamonis is our guy and we believe in the direction that he's headed. We believe in the direction the program's headed versus, frankly, what online community, message board community, you, you see that, oh, you got to make a change. And it was a national championship two years ago. How do you balance all that and kind of process all of that? Yeah, you know, I think it, it, you you evolve, you learn, and you know, it happens to be so our oldest daughter uh, and I were watching this in Shark Week, if you don't know, on that yeah. geo. So sharks, you know, thickest skin. I've learned early on, we've got to have, in this role, you've got to have thick skin. And you've got to block out the noise and really evaluate it from your your own perspective in an objective way. And there, there's some uh, qualitative things that go along with that. What's the best for our program? You look at Coach Lamonis, who's got full faith. He understands where... We haven't met the expectations of our program, you know. And he's kind of the first to say that. And he, yeah, we've had very open and honest conversations. But you look at a coach who uh, has won a national championship, and once you win, winning in anything is hard. But winning in a national championship in this league, uh, or go through the, se- the season we had that year in this league, and then win a national championship is super hard. So I think it's now retweaking some things of how do we get back there. We've shown that we can get there. Now, what are some things programmatically that we need to get back there? So our coaching staff, um, they, they want to win. Our kids want to win. And that's one of the things that uh, I was really proud of, if, of anything in our baseball season, was our team never quit on effort. Every every game they played, they gave effort. They continued to, you know, losing hard. I was on the team at, at Wake Forest where we lost a lot early. They actually beat at Ole Miss, though. That was fun, one one game. And it's hard. It's <laughs> that, was hard. The, that was the rain game. Rain game. Riley Skinner was the quarterback at Wake Forest at the time. And we just ran the ball and tried to stay away from Patrick Willis. Well, you know That's what Ole Miss did during the break, done. right? You, you've heard the legend of what happened no. that night. So Ed Ogeron was the coach. He, so they went in, in. They had the indoor practice facility. And to keep them loose, they scrimmaged for an hour and a half. Full contact scrimmage. I swear to you, I'm not making that up. Jeez. We you sat, wonder why they were, you were able to run it on them yeah, like that. Yeah, we sat in the, in the locker room and had like little Debbies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody got the, is there a mom with some orange slices? Can we, Seriously. Uh, it was like, we, I remember that. We were sitting there soaking wet. I mean, awake. we didn't have God, all these right. equipment managers. Crazy that night. Uh, we, had, we wore our same socks that we were warming up in, just soaking wet. And we had some little Debbies and went back out there. That's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Th- thanks for setting that up, Coach O. Just, uh, you know, <laughs> if you have any advice for a coach, don't scrimmage at halftime during a game. No. That's not, not good. Probably not on Coach Arnett, please. Just make sure. I don't think you would, but, you know. Hey, speaking of other places, um, not to make this about OU, but in, it, you've been there. You've seen that program. Obviously, a wildly successful athletics program. 
in terms of the transition to the SEC, where are they ready as a department, and where is it going to take a little bit of time to kind of figure things out? Yeah, I think if you know, that's a question that you know a handful of people have asked, and and I think the measure of the SEC one is you know we've got a, a great leadership group and Commissioner Sankey, but on the result is it's national championships. It's like if you look at football, you look at where uh, where basketball has been, it's the tip of the spear nationally. So I think every program that Oklahoma has that is there, you know, uh, Coach Gasco, Gasco has done a great job with the softball program. Coach Kimler, the gymnastics, women's gymnastics coach, has done a great job. So I think that's the standard. And if you fall below that, then you've got to work. How can you rebalance some things to make sure that you get up to that? So uh, it'll be a great addition. We've already got some unbelievable competition in this league, but having Texas and Oklahoma will be great. Yeah. Let's wrap it up. we got like 30 seconds here. What are you most looking forward to this football season? You know, just experiencing it all. You know, I've been able to experience basketball and baseball and tennis, all of that, but just see the junction and to hear the cowbells, to see the tailgating. You know, I'm just so excited to uh, experience a game day. I've heard great things about it, but until you experience it, uh, that's one of the things I'm most excited about. You're always kind with your time. We appreciate you Thank stopping you, by, and I uh, hope this is a good day for you. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Zach Selman, Athletics Director at Mississippi State. Take a quick time out. We've got more coming up with you. It's SEC Media Days from Nashville and Pearl River Resort, Resort Pearl River Resort Studios. Easy for me to say. Our coverage brought to you by Gentile Apparel. We'll be back right after this. of the disturbed continue. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi from SEC Media Days. The one and only Cole Kubelik joins us. Uh, Radio Road, Nashville for the very first time. And uh, kind of a cool setup. I, I, I want to start with, I want to do this two different ways. One as a player and one as a broadcaster. Coolest in-stadium experience. Oh, broadcaster! Wow, this might uh, this might be the same one. Broadcaster was the Ole Miss game at Tennessee. Was that two years ago? And they threw yeah. golf balls and mustard bottles at us. That was it. Um, all right. So the loudest stadium I've ever been in was Neyland, and it was '99. So the year after they won a national championship, we go up there and we throw a pick six on the first play of the game. God rest his soul, Jeff Klein. Love him to death. Dion Grant takes it back. And I'm telling you guys, I've, I've played in Tiger Stadium at night. I played in the swamp. It was not even close. That was, It was literally deafening. Ben Lear standing right next to me, and I was like, man, that's loud. But I'm talking closer than we are. And, I, and then I, he, he didn't move. And I just yelled in his ear, like, man, that's loud. And he just just looking up in the stadium. So it was – that was – but what they did this past year, how they do like the orange ribbon around it, and they have like an orange spotlight that comes down the field. They turn the lights off to you have the LEDs now, and then that tee comes out and opens. It, dude, it's it's really freaking cool. Yeah. And then the team and Smokey run out there. So like that's probably the coolest like pregame intro that I've ever seen. Um, the coolest. All right. So for me, I tell people all the time, the coolest game I ever played in was the last Iron Bowl at Legion Field. Now we lost that game. 
But I grew up in Homewood, Alabama. So Legion Field was like two miles away. And we used to take the Max bus. We'd pay 50 cents, and we would get on the Max bus, which is like the Birmingham transit system, whatever. And we would ride down to Legion Field for big games. We didn't have tickets. We didn't know anybody. But you could walk around, and you'd bump into people that you knew. Like, yeah. oh, it's Brent Stave's mom. Like, come hang out at our tailgate. They'd give you a Coke, and you'd hang out. And then, like, third quarter, we'd sneak in, you know, watch some of the game. Uh, but also just Legion Field, the upper deck, said football capital of the South. And to me, that's what it was. It was actually just like my football capital because you had SEC championship games there. Yep. You had bowl games that were there. High school championship games and playoff games were there. Alabama would play Auburn, Tennessee, other big games there. Like that's that was my football mecca. So to actually be able to start and play an Iron Bowl there, it's not going to get any cooler than that for me. The next year, first one at Brian Denny in 100 years was also pretty cool. Now, people will tell you how they hated that game because – it was like 24 degrees and sleeting the whole game. But to be able to go there for the first time in 100 years and win, and we actually clinched the West that day because Arkansas lost, that was also pretty cool. Did you get to play an Iron Bowl at home? Yes, unfortunately, Sean Alexander. Oh, Just sorry. like the next year at Legion Field, Sean Alexander. Very sorry. 37 caught, was a, did he, a lot of He was damage. good. He did a, a lot good of player. Yeah. Good player. Because yeah. we had the lead. In that iron, the last Iron Bowl at Legion Field, we had the lead. And then the one at Jordan Hare, we had the lead, both at halftime, and then he just took over second half. Like, it was like he just decided, all right, we'll go, we'll go get this thing done. Like, Deuce used to do at Ole Miss. Like, okay, now it's time for me to get going, and there's really not going to be anything anybody can do about it. Yeah. The 99 Ole Miss at Auburn game, Tuberville's first year. You guys had bought your way out of the Florida State game, and people laughed about that. Why would we, so, so, okay, so, so, so Ole Miss fans are tomahawk chopping in the end second. zone. First off, I don't think I ever had like more than $180 in my checking account in college, so how the hell would I buy us out of anything? I didn't buy anybody out of anything. Yeah. Second off, it was probably, the, when you look back on it, it was probably the right thing to do because Florida State Good was rolling. Uh, that App State game was much more favorable for us yeah. back then. Uh, that game sucked. I appreciate you bringing it up. It was on my birthday. I remember that. Oh. September 25th. We went to overtime and lost. Um, we got, we said, so Noel Mazzoni had green and gold checks. And you could, you could do it a lot of different ways. So basically green to the right, gold to the left. Inside, you call inside zone. Green 28, green 28. We're running to the right. Well, you could also call inside zone to the left and call green 28, green 28, and then run to the left. They knew every freaking play we ran. Like, they were calling them out. <laughs> and not Kendrick Clancy was also a problem on that defense. Like, he does not get enough credit in Old Miss lore, I don't think, is how good a D-lineman he was. He was tough to deal with. But they knew every play. They knew our protections. They knew everything. And I remember coming to the sideline like, Coach, we either need to start going silent count and just going gun or something. Because, like, they know everything. He's like, no, we ain't changing nothing. Like, just run it. Hugh Nall out there, just run the ball again. <laughs> Whatever, man. I know what we're doing. So that, that was frustrating, to say the least. Like, that was, that was not a Hugh Dahl was a football guy to the core, wasn't he? And if that's how you want to describe him, sure. Yeah. There might be some other ways you describe him. Maybe. Not not fit for the air, though. The, the reason that I ask about that 99 game, I know the, the circumstances Better are... Better be good. Well, I know the circumstances are a little bit different, but I'm curious if it's going to have a similar feel 
when Ole Miss rolls into Auburn this year with the whole Hugh Freeze thing, eh, time in between it. Again, it's not Are exactly the same. Are we ever going to do an interview and you not reel me into this somehow, some way? Like, I feel like this is, we're just bringing up the Arkansas game again. Like, you're not saying it, but you're kind of reeling that no, in. No, 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 I'm it's not like, going there at all. You've got the bait on the hook and you're kind of like, yeah. I'm not doing it. We'll get a I, told, I told you the last time we talked about that, I would never ask you about it again. But Honestly, I was I weary know. of people asking us about it. I don't know how it couldn't, Richard. I don't, I don't know how it couldn't. And... I mean, th- this is a, this is a game for a lot of reasons, mainly Tuberville and Freeze and somewhat Kiffin, that I'm going to be disappointed when it goes away. Um, just like Auburn LSU yeah. for a lot of different reasons. And I know there will be other games that Ole Miss won't play that fans are going to look at. State Alabama would be one. Like those are just. Oh, I don't think disappointment's the right word for Mississippi State not playing Alabama. Uh, I mean, I get it. Yeah, but it's just. Well, let's be real. State's played Alabama tight a lot of times. Now, last year, not so much. But there have been some tight games over time. Hey, that's trying to remember one of those. It's been a while. Jalen Hurts. I remember been going a while. to Starkville. Yeah, that was the last one. Because I picked him to win before the season, and everybody told me I was a lunatic. I'm like, all right, just wait till you see that D-line. Like, they're pretty good. We'll see. But I don't know how it couldn't be massive. I don't know how it couldn't be extra. I don't know how it couldn't be more motivating for both sides. Like, I mean, obviously, Ole Miss fans are really going to be into it because they want to beat Coach Freeze. Coach Freeze is really going to be into it because he wants to beat Ole Miss. Like, I don't know how. I don't know if some will be taken away by, you know, Liberty playing Ole Miss when he was there, and uh, maybe it's a little less for him. But that's what it's all about, man. Like, that's that's why we – you guys have heard me say it. We love to hate more than we love to love. That's what makes the SEC so great. Like, most of our fans it's spend very more time <laughs> – hating our rivals than we do loving our team. That's why it's freaking great. Like, I tell people outside the footprint, like, you don't get it, man. Like, I have to listen to people talk bad about Alabama more than they talk good about Auburn, and they're Auburn fans, and vice versa. Like, we have a lot of Alabama fans that all they do is talk about Auburn. It's like, bro, you're you're in the Sugar Bowl, man. You're like 12-1. and Like, calm down. Like, who cares? He's fired their coach. That's a very That's Mississippi not, State thing you're talking about. I mean, uh, Bulldogs could be in Omaha playing for the College World Series. Don't, make, wanna, don't, don't make us make another bet, Richard. I didn't designate that to any fan base. It's league-wide. It's Maybe Vanderbilt is, is less of that. I don't know because uh, I don't know a lot of their fans. But I feel like it's And we're everybody. in Nashville. Go like meet it's, some. It's everybody. Go yeah. meet some. I've asked this question from a few people. I'm going to ask you now. If you did an SEC power rank. Your top four is well, going to be Georgia, Alabama, LSU, Tennessee, in some order. Who's fifth? Uh, no. No? Okay. You're the pod, first one. There's this little podcast called Cube Show at Cube Show 61 on YouTube. You can find it also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We may have done power rankings yesterday. Uh, yes, Georgia. I haven't listened. Yes, Alabama. Texas A&M would be after LSU, three, four. Okay. And then Kentucky would be five. So Tennessee's not in the top five? Wow. Okay, give us give us why. You have Tennessee over A&M? Yeah. He's drinking the orange Kool-Aid there. No, he's just looking at Jimbo perennially. I think it's more yeah, about A&M at that point. Yeah. All right, so here's the fascinating thing. Who has more talented roster? A&M. Okay. That's not new. No, the, and here's the thing with A&M this year. Do they have a culture problem? I don't know the answer to that. And here's the, here's the problem with having a culture problem. If you went to a building and asked two-thirds of the coaches or two-thirds of the player and they had a legit culture problem, they would probably tell you no because you don't know until it's too late because it it hits you so deep inside you. And I know this because I played on a team that had one. It hits you so deep inside your program that once it starts, that virus starts to spread, 
it's way too late. You can't go back. That's why you have to hit the reset button on it. I don't, I'm not accusing them of having that, but I think it's fair to say that it's possible and we don't know. If they don't and the offense gets turned around a little bit, they're going to be really good. They're not going to win all their games because I think at times they're a little too high risk defensively. I mean, put the Ole Miss film on last year. He comes out there and plays three down the first two series against the best running back in the league. Like, what are you doing? It's just uh, some of the stuff doesn't make sense. But they're going to have a dominant defensive line. The offensive line should be really good. The quarterback is good. The receivers are great. They still have a really good football team. 30 seconds. You've been around Jimbo. Will he let go and let Bobby Petrino do his thing? Because to me, if they do, that's a scary offense. Because Bobby Petrino is good at his job. But I don't know if Jimbo's going to let go. I think he will. I think he knows he needs to. And the reason that he will is because I don't think Bobby will do it the other way. Bobby's just as hard-headed as Jimbo. And that's that's what that's what will benefit AM more than anything is Bobby has enough FU in him that if Jimbo tries to take it back, he'll just say, Here you go. I'm out. I'll Do you know how cool it. that explosion would be to watch? Here's here's why here's another reason why it can work. Jim Cheney. Okay. There you go. Offensive analyst for AM. He can at least bring a little bit of joy and laughter to that room. Cole Kublik, ESPN, SEC Network, Jocks in Birmingham. We'll be right back. Super Talk Mississippi. Check the stars. Are you ready? Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi. Final segment of this Tuesday afternoon at SEC Media Days. Thanks to our friends at Genteel Apparel. They are the presenting sponsors of our coverage of SEC Media Days. You can find them online at genteelapparel.com. Genteel will help you look your best this fall and every day. Uh, Genteelapparel.com and men's specialty stores all across the state of Mississippi. If you are in the market for a new Ford truck, I got a place for you. And that place is Belt Ford in Oxford. They're located on Highway 6 West. Great selection of the newest F-150s that are out. So a bunch of 2023s in all different trim levels. And here's the thing with Belt Ford. It's not just the sale. It's service after the sale. They'll help you with the routine maintenance. They'll help you with tire rotation and oil changes. And if anything more serious than that arrives, they've got a really, really good uh, service department there as well. They also, in addition to just the, the normal service department, for, for your, your Ford F-150 or your Toyota Camry or whatever vehicle it is you've got, they've also got a diesel service department. So if you are driving diesels, 18-wheelers, uh, big oversized diesel trucks, whatever it is, they've got diesel mechanics on site that can help you. You know if you drive a diesel, those are hard. Uh, it, it's hard to find a great service department for a diesel engine. It's hard to find good diesel mechanics. It can be costly. It can be complicated. So let the experts at Belk Ford and the Diesel Service Department help you out. Learn more about them online at BelkFord.net. Stop by and visit them in person. Family company, Ford dealership since 1961, and they want to help you with your next Ford purchase. Belk Ford, 
Highway 6 West in Oxford. Tomorrow is day three of Media Days. Ole Miss will be here on Thursday tomorrow. Alabama and Arkansas in the morning session, and then Florida and Kentucky in the afternoon session. That's four interesting teams. What? I hate that he doesn't do that anymore. Who? Sam Pittman. Oh. Yes, sir. Well, he's, got, he's got his own. He's got to figure things out this year. So yeah, hey, turn that jukebox up. I do, he, I do appreciate he likes to drink cold beer though, and is not afraid to tell you about that. I, I agree that that that's four teams that have fascinating storylines. Obviously for Alabama, who's going to be the quarterback? Replacing some stuff on both sides of the ball from a year ago. New offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator. Disappointing season by Alabama standards, even though they won 11 a year ago. Uh, and so a lot of questions, but it's still Nick Saban. Yeah. And it's still a loaded roster with, what, 85% blue chip index? Something like Something that. Like uh, that. It's, it's really, um, really impressive. Yeah. Um, with Arkansas, maybe the most fascinating quarterback in the SEC. I'm not saying he's the best. But he he might be the best. He, he might be. be. Has the upside to be. He he's he is a few years back with Dak. Everybody was picking state to be last and I was like, you can't pick a team that has the first team all SEC quarterback as last. Well that's what that's what KJ Jefferson and that's why I'm not picking Arkansas last, because KJ Jefferson and of course having Raheem Sanders back there. Rocket that, that's enough to win games. It should be enough. And then the but then why hasn't it been enough? That's a great question. I mean, they injuries are part of that, but injuries are, are – I hate making injuries. Everybody has injuries. Yeah. Of course, last year, K.J. was injured. And so when he was out, I mean, you go back to the Mississippi State game, he wasn't uh, 100% uh, in a couple other games, and, and they struggled. There was a question as to whether or not he was healthy enough to play in the game against Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. He was. He yeah. did. Yeah. Uh, it's too bad. <laughs> it's, it, it's too bad that he was. He was leaving at that. And we'll just stop Great there. for the young man. Yeah, but yeah, good for him. Not yeah. great for Ole Miss. Uh, Florida. I read something the other day that, that kind of struck me. Because okay. we're all kind of like, yeah, on Florida. That is that is about as accurate a statement as you've ever made. The um, It was pointing out that when you look at the Nick Saban plan, Mm-hmm. Billy Napier's right on schedule. Nick Saban, year one at Alabama, not very good. Big jump, year two. Kirby Smart, not very good at Georgia, year one. Big jump, year two. Uh, You've seen it with a lot of Saban assistants. It takes a while to get that system in place. The problem I still see is they're not good at quarterback. Uh, I mean, they may be on that schedule, but it's only because this season hasn't started yet. Not good is even an oversell. They're bad. They are recruiting very well. They are. They are, and that may be, may be what saves him at the end of this season. Because if they go six and six, there's going to be heat. And then real Kentucky, heat. Kentucky and Mark Stoops. He's bringing Eli Cox and Octavius Oxendine and JJ Weaver. It's disappointing to me that it he's is. not bringing Devin Leary. Devin yeah. Leary should like be at SEC Media Days. We do get to ask. We may, I was, we may try to sit down with Octavius Oxendine and talk about the all name team. Oh yeah. Hey, that would be that'd be good. Leary's a fascinating player too. Uh, battled injuries last year, but I mean, twenty twenty one, he was really good. He was really exceptional good at yeah. playing quarterback. And so Kentucky, I stand by it, and I think you both agree. 
I think they've upgraded at quarterback. Cole Kublik had them top five in his power rankings. Yeah. I was surprised by that. Also tomorrow, Commissioner of the SEC, Greg Sankey, will join us. We've got a bunch of other guests that are coming your way as well. Day three of SEC Media Days gets started for us just after 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Thanks for being with us on this Tuesday afternoon. Thank you to Houston, to Lance back in the studio, to Brian Haydad and Michael Borgie. I'm Richard Cross. Enjoy your Tuesday night. Good night from the Pearl River Resort Studio in Nashville at SEC Media Day's coverage presented by Genteel Apparel. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWGEmployerServices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.